Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What's up, Gypsy Gang? We are back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast. Sorry for the uh, hiatus. We've um, we've been working hard, I promise. We're just working on a bunch of uh, other things. But yeah, anyway, today we're back. And I'm excited about this one because very highly requested guest, um, very good friend of mine and the first time that Ben Townley is actually getting to do the podcast in studio. Um, we've done one in the Sky Tower in Auckland of all places uh, and then I think he called in on one of them as well. Um, the first one was on his career and all that jazz um, but this one we kind of just aimed to have a conversation in the way that we do on the phone quite regularly about all things motocross. Um, I also did two days of coaching last week with BT. Uh, his son Jagger flew over to race the 65 cup at QMP. Uh, and then we basically just rode through the week and we filmed some of that content. We thought it'd be kind of interesting. Um, so we got that video dropping on the YouTube at some point here shortly. Um, but yeah, so we spent a lot of time talking about that experience and just, I guess, like technique and coaching and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then we just kind of go into some current events in motocross. There's a lot going on. Um, yeah. So anyway, we, uh, we just, just aim to have a combo like how we do on the phone. So, um, BT over the last couple of years has just become such a great mate. Uh, we just did Manji together, uh, then this, this trip and we're planning some other ones. So the guy's a legend um, and it's really cool to bring his motocross mind and knowledge uh, to you guys. So enjoy. Uh, actually, before you enjoy, pause, hold that thought. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Got bush. You definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped. Taking control of your bush is important. These products are so good. You're going to be showing pride in your new bush free yard it's a fact that you will have the best kept nut sack on the cul-de-sac save big on the most hygienic version uh, and be the most hygienic version of yourself by using our discount code gypsy gang for 20 percent off and free shipping at manscape.com look 
you can all relate to just having that perfectly cut lawn you've just sat in you've had a beer you've got a bit of sweat dripping off the brow as you're on the porch admiring your landscaping um you can pretty much reward yourself in the same way when you trim uh when you trim your own bush if you know what i'm saying uh this grooming package i highly recommend uh and that package is the performance 4.0 package Inside that package is a lawnmower 4.0, uh, and this electric trimmer is a bush's worst nightmare, let me tell you. Uh, this trimmer is designed to reduce grooming accidents uh, and shave hair on loose skin, which, if you're like me, you've got a bit of loose skin. Um, and this is all thanks to a ceramic blade and advanced skin safe technology. Then you just go through all of the other products that they've got in uh, that performance package. Uh, you've got the weed whacker there for the nose and the ear hairs. You've got the crop preserver, the ball deodorant, and the crop reviver. Um, and then you get two free gifts as well. Uh, the shed travel bag is pretty bang on, to be honest. That thing's come all over the world this year. So you can get all of this. 20% off plus free shipping with our code gypsygang at manscaped.com. Believe you me, it helps the show a lot if you guys uh, do get on and uh, get these sponsor products. So we love these guys. They're great supporters of the show uh, and really great products to boot. Speaking of great products uh, and great people, the guys at MX Store. You can head to mxstore.com.au for all of your dirt bike parts and accessories needs. I will be smashing my account at MX Store uh, in probably the next six to nine hours, I would say. Uh, we head off next week on another trip. Uh, we're going to Cape York. This has been on hold for two years thanks to the spicy cough. But we're finally going, uh, and I've stolen one of Jack Miller's KDM 300s, and it needs some stuff. So I uh, will be going to MX store. Uh, I'm probably going to be getting some new Maxima oil to chuck in the engine, I would say. Uh, a couple sets of tires, maybe some steg pegs, maybe a big old Scott steering dampener if I'm feeling real frisky. Um, but the beauty of it is MX store has all of these items in stock, uh, and they do same day shipping if you order before 2 p.m. So MX Store have been huge supporters of ours. They'll hook it up for you, mxstore.com.au. Uh, we are also brought to you by the legends at Crush Oz. You can head to crushoz.com. Uh, if you're new to those products, you shouldn't be by this point. I've spoken about them enough. Uh, but look, just the bike care bucket. It's got everything you need. It's like the Manscaped Performance Pack. It's, uh, you know, you just work your way through it. You do one, two, three, four, five, six, and then bang, your bike's clean. Uh, really great quality products. Aussie company, buy riders, for riders, crushoz.com. Uh, also, fisthandwear.com, only pair of gloves you'll ever see this slippery gypsy slipping his uh, digits into. Uh, fisthandwear.com, gypsy gang uh, is going to get you 15% off. That's going to work at rivalinkdesigncode.com. Everyone was talking about how sick the ktm uh retro graphics were for the uh 350 we've just changed it again uh and we're going to be dropping that kit soon online at rival inc design co if you're not in the market for a retro gypsy kit uh they got pretty much every other kit in the world there uh these guys are industry leaders and that same gypsy gang code is going to get you 15 percent off finally the guys at tropical auto group 
I've been loving the D-Max. Uh, it is a great thing and it is about to go through it up Cape York. Uh, so we're taking the D-Max, doing the ultimate test drive. Uh, I haven't been able to do much content with the D-Max yet, but um, yeah, look, this this test is going to be pretty good. The guys at CTO Industries have just pimped it out. So we get it back next week, all four-wheel drive ready and ready to take on the Cape as one of our support vehicles. So you can head to tropicalautogroup.com.au, ask for Kyle. He's the man. You'll get a $500 gift voucher at MX Store uh, when you mention the podcast. That's it for the ads. Ben Townley, one of the good ones. From the gang, Gypsy. Gang and they come and get Gypsy. Gang and they come and get Gypsy. Gang. I'm at a Gypsy. Gang. I'm at a Gypsy. We're good? So what time are you going to be out of here? 11. So we'll just go to 11. Yeah. And then we'll do another hour or something tonight. I got 11. Oh, so it's already 11. <laughs> Fuck, that went quick, eh? <laughs> Time flies. Uh, righto, Ben Townley is finally sitting in the studio. In the studio. It's been a really long time coming, mate. It's a pleasure to have you here. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it because we did one up the Sky Tower, right? Mm. I think. Yeah, up the Sky Tower and then you came, to, came back. Oh, that was when you were in NZ for... Essex. Did we do the podcast then and then the ride was yeah, after? after? Was that yeah. yeah, fuck, that was a blur that weekend. Yeah, well <laughs> No, are you sure? Because we <laughs> yeah, did definitely. two years. Okay. Definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. And then uh you've yeah, been keen to come in studio for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And keen because then we just sort of talked about my career probably. Um just I don't keen even to remember just, what we talked about last Just time have a yarn yeah. this time. We uh, so we just got Talk back from about some uh, some topics, a bit of hot hot topics. Yeah, Ben's <laughs> always got a hot take somewhere floating around. Oh, I probably have a I have probably have a different uh, view on a lot of stuff. Yeah, just because you're far away from it, probably. Mm. Yeah, because I'm like I'm like a fan now. You know, I mm. said so I was obviously I, I follow the GP stuff and probably not as much. It's just hard. It's on the wrong time, time of the day. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't work for me. And, and to be honest, I grew up really watching american stuff that's what i wanted to do and then the timing of it now my kids watch you know i mean they watch it all so and the timing of the day that's probably the biggest thing right well and that's that's why i reckon it's so important to have a good tv package that's probably why this year has been such a mate we could go of, off on yeah a like tangent we could already. literally just start right there <laughs> yeah. but uh so we'll paint paint a bit more of the picture so we had uh, 2019 we went over and did the tour so yep. we did the podcast we did the tour and then that was like i knew you then but we weren't like mates in the same way but since then we've been just boys but we haven't been able to cross the ditch or do yeah. anything i actually had another trip booked that got canned yep. through like the whole covid thing that, and was, then, that was to go riding like we've done this week right yeah basically yeah. Yeah. and then i think i was going to do some race or something over there Yep, that's right. What yeah. one was that? Um, MX Fest. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's what that's what Jagger said. He said yeah. it was probably MX Fest. Yeah. But yeah, so then we did Manji. So the drought was broken and then we did our Manji trip, yeah. which was pretty epic. And it was then, wicked. And then straight back here. So that's, Manji just painted, was a blast. that's painted the picture of the last little bit. Yeah, for sure. So that's co- it's coming up two years. Crazy, eh? Yeah. 2019. Is that yeah. two years or three? Yeah. I'm not. Well, no, well, it was the end of 2019. Yeah. So yeah, pretty much mm. two full years of... Uh, of no BT, just heaps mm. of weird, heaps of weird uh, voice messages and shots of uh, the New Zealand tracks that just piss me off every time you send them. Yeah, a bit of track porn, eh? Oh fuck, that's all NZ is—is is just track porn. Yeah, that's no, good. It's it's wicked writing. Obviously, topography lends itself. We get heaps of rainfall. 
So dirt's always pretty good. Apart from sort of get December, January, February, it's sort of a little bit off, but yeah, most of the time it's it's pretty bloody good, man. It's epic actually. Just if if you enjoy just riding, it's not so much about the racing, mm. you know, and that's the trip you did, you know, with the Bishop boys, you know, yeah. like we just went riding and just had a blast and that's um yeah i get i guess for most people i was talking with sammy about it this morning you know i want to come over and do that transmoto thing just because <sighs> i just want to go and just have a you know hang out and, and do a bit of riding as well you know so. man we've already spoken about it but i haven't spoke about it on the podcast the transmoto that just went down in gimpy yeah was just as good as riding a bike gets it was so phenomenally good the yeah. the the dirt it was just one of those perfect storms that that had heaps of rain that a little bit of rain before it and like the dirt was just wet all the way through and they had this grass section that was kind of like in a it was like an overgrown creek bed kind of thing and it was just the most perfect soil and you know when you get those ruts that curl over themselves and just toppling <laughs> and you're just leaning yeah, into it nice yeah, oh it was just yeah i because uh, i stayed with fd this week and he he loved thing, it yeah, yeah. Yeah. how good is it to see him doing his thing side note yeah awesome it's um he's probably like the first person that i've seen that does things in a very similar way to what i do in a coaching sense mm. it's different because i'm i'm um i guess he's working with professional athletes as well and riders that are um the, you know they the, on the process of becoming professionals so it's a little bit different but just his uh, standard and the detail that he's working to is yeah it's pretty cool it was really it was really cool for jagger to be involved we did three days riding with them and just to see you know how they're doing and the standard they're doing to it yeah i said to a couple of his boys yesterday you you should go there this weekend expecting in your mind to win and we just talked a little bit about like not focusing on the result and and getting lost in that like just focusing on the process and letting the outcome be the result you know and uh yeah he's he's got a wicked program going on man it's cool to see and for him he probably didn't achieve what he could have you know so he's really um he's completely invested in actually seeing those riders succeed and he keeps him so accountable man yeah no it was cool man i remember saying when ford was in the thick of his career that he was just too fast for australia he was too fast for his own good. Yeah, like, I, but yeah. I think that the tracks here is what what fucked him essentially is because he was going so fast on these tiny tracks that just didn't yeah. facilitate the speed that he was going. And I just always pictured him going to like a a Glen Helen or a Buds Creek and actually having yep. some room to stretch sure. it out, yeah. and it would fit more of his capabilities. I think I, I agree with that. Yeah, for sure, and. He, we talked a little bit about that yesterday. You, when you're in the moment, and and he was, I don't know, saying his mid twenties when I beat him. Uh, sorry, when I met him, but you're just so immersed and in this little bubble, and he couldn't, he couldn't sort of stop and look outside of that. And he, you know, he looks at that, looks back on that now. And, and we were talking about that with um, the boys we rode yesterday. Oh, I can't remember. Latimer's. Latimer's at yeah. Latimer's, and um, we were talking about that, and just. I, I was saying to those two brothers that was the end of the day, everyone else had gone, I was saying, you know, you need to really, like, make sure you absorb this information that Ford's given you because he has perspective now yeah. on that and yeah. he can really give you that perspective and allow you to 
not not so much you always need to make mistakes and because you learn from that but he can allow you to to understand those mistakes a lot better so you can move forward from it you know yeah and it's almost like you can't avoid you can't avoid getting into the situations that you would call a mistake in a sense like because they're just natural like they come up like you're gonna get an injury you get like something's gonna happen but there's a level of like insight and wisdom that you can have yep. that then you can apply to that situation, which stops it becoming like a career ending thing or something that sets you like years behind. You just don't go down this rabbit warren. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you just sort of, you like that happens and then you have someone like him or myself that can go, right, this is what you need to be able to do to avoid that or to, to be a better writer going forward. So you, you keep moving forward. You don't sort of hit, hit, hit that snag and just go down this yeah. bad path at that point. So, yeah. No, Another was... side note, Latimer's, mate, that is epic. <laughs> That's wild joy, mate. The, the dirt is just incredible. I wonder what it's like when it's it dropped. Was like... using, what do you guys call it, a gurney? Yeah, yeah. Using the gurney like it was, un, you couldn't get it <laughs> off the plastics. Well, I just can't believe the Jagger couldn't jump a jump there. Mate, not a single jump. So I'd be fucked. They're big. <laughs> The smallest tabletop, he was wedged doing the big, yeah, you know, when you like pull up and he couldn't make it. Yeah, it's There's one, two, three, four, five decent jumps, yeah. You filmed out there, eh? Yeah, Ronan did a shoot out there. Yeah, he did the shoot for him. I saw the videos like when Ronan's, I think Ronan shot like their team video last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty sick, but I've never yeah. been out there. I've been out there when they had their Supercross track going good dudes as well man yeah, like, yeah. Or just straight like what's humble the, people and what's the older one ricky yeah he's he's like into boxing and like mma and shit as is well he? i'm pretty sure yeah he's a, is. oh is it lucky yeah he's had like a fight and stuff i'm pretty sure really yeah they're like they're fucking good boys you know yeah no they're good dudes for sure so yeah it's been been a cool week man yeah really cool yeah. it's been just i don't know how we got on that topic bit of a side note was that no that's yeah. right no it's been just sick having you over. i think we should probably talk, should talk about mandy too before we go too far but that was like just one of the coolest yeah. weekends and the i think probably like the best thing for me to take out of it was the fact that i just rode like shit <laughs> like i was so and bad and i didn't give a fuck yeah like i actually don't yeah, yeah. give a fuck and that's like a pretty cool place to be yeah, it was, uh, for me personally, I was pretty keen just to go and do some, do a trip. Like we hadn't, I'd, oh, I hadn't left New Zealand for so long. I did go to Spain a couple of weeks prior to that. But up until that point, uh, I think the last trip, yeah, the last trip for me would have been Essex Open in Melbourne. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, I was pretty keen to just go and do something. But go and do some riding as well um, for myself and just enjoy riding and then yeah manji it's it's a cool event man for people like i know you've talked about it, i've heard it um you've mentioned on podcasts and and on your socials and that and, and the vlog and whatnot but that is one of the genuine what what um you'd call international events so how that how you word that is like it's a it's not a part of a championship right and there's multiple classes it's not just pros and everyone goes there for the event. They don't go there to race. Yes, kids go to their race and, and Toddy and those boys and Ferris and, you know, whoever, Tanti, and they, they go to the race. But the rest of the people, they go there to race, but that's for the event. And, mm. and you could see that as soon as we got there, eh, you could feel that yeah, in yeah. the atmosphere. And I, I was there 20, mm, 14, 15, I don't know, somewhere around those 
and and I, and it's even better than then like they've they've bought the standard of it up with you know the speaker system so <laughs> arguably too much yeah, exactly <laughs> um the track prep was primo and just like you know they got good food vendors and like you know like where you stopped and, and did that sand burnout you know like those all those people there i spoke to they didn't they, they don't even know what moto is they yeah. just come there because of the event and the atmosphere of it and yeah just go to have a good time and and, yeah. and that's the importance of good grassroots events. Yeah. And that's the importance of supporting those yeah. events because you just don't know how many people that were on the fence I'll, go home and buy a bike. I'll or, straight out say, if there's people in the industry listening to this right now, if you're not there, you are missing out for your 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 brand. Yeah. You're missing out. Yeah. I know the Fox Boys were there. Uh, I don't I don't know them well here in australia i'm a fox athlete in new zealand but they were like well this we got we're gonna be here next year yeah yeah for yeah. sure and i mean that's one of the reasons why i've tried to go back there yeah each year is because it's just such a good event and with there's such a divide in australia obviously just like this massive yeah part of land in the middle that no one can use basically yeah so it's like you've got the east and you've got the west and i think it's a real shame in our sport that there's not more of an effort to go there and yep. it's like there needs to be more of a like a, a nationwide effort to be like okay we can't ignore the wa scene there's so many riders there's so many great riders like the junior scene there is yeah. crazy it's the we've got this traveling road show of australian you know pro racing it has to go through there yep. and there has to be a way that you do two weeks the, you get a, a shipping container and then you put privateers bike like all of that stuff is possible yeah. oh, and it yeah. just it, it has to be a, a like a non-negotiable thing going forward like if we just talk like and we just like now write down like i cannot believe that ktm did not send kurt gibbs there like to mm. me like the cost involved in that like if you break that down it's a couple of flights right you got to ship a bike over there and then some maybe hotels i mean willie you know he supports all this yeah. like it is a great platform for KTM to have Kurt Gibbs on the start line. Like, oh, it just blows me away that he wasn't there. Yeah, well, and I think that it's kind of unfortunate, but there's almost just a level of, like, uh, lack of support in a... Or lack of... Not support. I just don't think companies see the value in it mm. in the way that they should. Yeah, yeah. Mate, you maybe have to go there to experience it. But anyway, I mean, like, you know, that that's just my view on it. Yeah. Uh, but the one thing that for me about Manjimup is the is the location, you know, that whole oh, region. Yeah. It's a killer region, eh? Yeah. Like everyone's I don't when you get off the plane there, you just feel like it's just more of a relaxed vibe and you know, the east coast of Aussie it's pretty hustle. hustle. <laughs> a bit of traffic about <laughs> eh? <laughs> Felt like I was back in SoCal last night. But when you're over there, man, it's a it's a different it's a different vibe for sure, you know. And oh, I really enjoyed that part of it as well, for sure. I guess at the age I'm at, like it's, uh, you know, when I go to that event, it's not just about there for the result. You know, I'm there the result for me is to enjoy myself. Yeah. You know, so um, what we got to do and the experience you can have um, is pretty cool. So yeah, I, I just I really encourage the moto industry to get in behind and uh, get over there because it is 
but it would be one of the only real signature events left like that yeah well it is the only one in new zealand australia that i believe is at that standard for sure yeah you know and i think uh it's funny everyone's always giving willie shit the the promoter like everyone will take a jab at him constantly but man i just have to say and i'll probably haven't publicly said it enough that dude is a fucking good promoter yeah and he runs an incredible event he does and people always like oh money that he's making it hey so he should well he, of course you should so he you should. put your nuts on the line Fucking to do something oath, yeah yeah so i don't think and he it's gets not enough easy credit. event promotion yeah. I, i've i've had a go on the last couple of years and it's not easy man like it's a it's a hard gig and he's here he's got it he's got it going and and you should reap the reward if you're willing to put you know that effort into it and I'm, i'd love to see some international riders there like some true you know like i've talked you know we've talked about rv and yeah well so we should i'm actually, not going back there on a 450 so yeah i know <laughs> call them out right now and say <laughs> yeah <laughs> bring that uh pc125 and let's get it on next year yeah i think there has to be an official call out for yeah. rv because we missed it by like there was, I don't know how the. Well, line, he's seen he's seen some of the footage post event. My, well, Myrtle, I, I'm blaming Myrtle. Myrtle fucked up the program. <laughs> we got the agents involved when we didn't have to. Ryan, you don't need Lucas Myrtle to fucking organise <laughs> your riding at Manjim up. Don't let him talk to you anymore about it. Talk to Ben and get your ass there next. No, year. we. I actually, I talked to him actually on the plane on the way home. I think and. And I said, mate, it was it was a cracking event. And yeah. then he's seen the footage, and then we've spoke since. And then he's talking about like potentially a whole family coming out for a trip. And that's the move. Yeah, like that's what you got to do. Like yeah. just bring the fam, get a motor home. Like mm. the, I'm sure are the boys racing like I his think twins. Like like I seen saying on his Instagram, they're driving up to Pack West. Yeah, right. in a motor home this weekend. So I'm assuming his that's boys are racing. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm assuming that. Yeah, because that would be so much fun dude. Yeah. Like and he, he would love that I was telling him about the breweries like yeah, we were talking yeah. about the track <laughs> I was talking to him about the breweries and just the yeah just the, the general scene over there and I said and I think at our age and everything we've done like I talk so often about it like especially for me I mean he raced in the US and, and then he did his little gig in the world championship but I've travelled all over the world and I've seen nothing because I've yeah, you know, just you're so yeah. like tunnel vision tunnel vision on racing and, and now when you get to have those experiences like we did you know check it out and try out the food and experience all the you know what the area has to offer that's you know that's living then for sure you know yeah. different it's just a way different um, perspective than just being so um, focused on on your craft or business of what you're doing you know dude i'd love for the tomac hurlings <laughs> that would be That's the track the perfect track it's like half sand yeah wide but it's open. just a, it is honestly it is a brutal man's track by oh, the end of the day man dude it was so gnarly yeah. this year like yeah. super super gnarly yeah it, it's fast man that's the that's the first like gnarliest part about it to start with it doesn't matter if it's got rough or wet or whatever it is just the speed alone on on a 450 um yeah it's it's that that makes it brutal to start with yeah you when you go from like the finish line it's like half of the track until you get down to like that uh sort of and when you hit the sand you know for the first time and then it's yeah that part of it's pretty normal speed you'd say back to the finish and then it's like right oh boys <laughs> just start clicking gears, <laughs> strap on again yeah uh, the the uh wall jump 
Yeah. And then you go there. That is... Well, they call that rock and roll, eh? No, nah, that's up the hill. Yeah. But, you know, like after the start straight, oh, and then yeah, you've got that yeah. wall there. That is so gnarly every yeah. single lap. You're just like fifth gear, wide open, yeah. and then you're just like looking at the dude next to you like, when are you going to stop? When are you going to stop? When I was racing as a pro, I would never think about the what-ifs, you know? But when I go down that straightaway now, I think, oh, I hope my brakes work, man. Like, <laughs> I never used to think like that, but like... Mate, you'd just you'd send it. You'd be in the like up in the camping zone. Could eh? you imagine how far you could jump off that if you had a landing? <laughs> yeah. Well, I just want someone next year. Someone will double that jump. Yeah, hundred. That yeah. just ha- we need someone from America that doesn't nah, give a fuck about like, that stuff. Someone like like someone Josh like Hill Moss would jump would have that. Jump there, but Easy. he didn't. But yeah, didn't. But, oh, but that. So you need one guy to do it first. Yeah. Once one guy it's does jumpable. it, yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, I overjumped that thing yeah. and landed like right in the middle of that one lap. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like it, it's easily jumpable, but um, yeah, it wasn't gonna be me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what you get. Like Josh Hill come, yeah, or one of those boys, he'll do it like third or fourth lap, and then it just opens up the floodgates. Imagine the spectacle. Yeah. Like everyone's pumped on the footage of the race as it is yeah imagine if you added in people jumping that whole deal just every lap for yeah the i can't lap. i i just like the spectacle of like the, if you're just standing back in the pits you know where we were pitted, oh yeah like just perspective of that would be huge yeah so that's the shit that needs to happen because people <laughs> all the all those dudes that were on the fence by the whoops they would not be standing by the whoops <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they would be standing there standing yeah. that shit yeah for sure so but nah good weekend so and then we went from uh now uh we did Manji and then you're back here and then Jaggers racing the sixty five yeah. cup on the weekend for the Blue Crew. Yeah. And then uh we did a couple of days coaching, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, it's it's been a wicked week. I was meant to be here with a young kid, uh Cole Davies, who's gonna race in America next year. He was coming to and I was gonna be here three days with him this week and then he broke his collarbone, so Jaggers come in to do uh the YZ sixty five cup. So we just left the flights as they were and um, spent yeah three days with with Ford and his crew and it's been it's been wicked wicked for Jagger and for me and just you know what we did together um you know, I love coaching and helping riders and so we did what day one was MX, MX Farm, Farm and then day two Woodford I don't, I don't know Joe yeah Joey Vance track yeah that was cool that was real Kiwi spec that track man <laughs> dude it was gnarly yeah. yeah that's when we got there. And I was like, boys, like, because all Ford's crew was there, like Gibbsy and Brock and Jet. And it's like, yeah. boys, this is when you earn your money. Like, this is one of those days where you just like, you clock yeah. it in and you're clocking you it out. And work fucking sucks so today. Much, yeah. You learn so much from that though. Like if you can have an open mind and uh, understand like the skill set required to, to uh, execute your know, writing to a, a high standard that will then allow you to go fast on a track like that you learn so much man that that's the i, I find for me tracks like that are just the biggest mental challenge mm. just mm. to kind of because you can't you can't get in a flow it's not fun no every like it just feels like the bike doesn't want to stay underneath you and it's like if you can they're almost the days that you you're really going to make progress if you stick it out they, they are and like if we look at what um you know he had who'd have their kirk um brock and brock and jet yeah yeah and the two young like kirk mate that was his jam like fully his jam right and then because just his bike skill and the way that he can ride but then the other two for them it was challenging and they would have got a lot out of that day you know not so much speed wise but the to actually understand how to 
ride correctly to then maximize their riding on that day then they'll you know the next time they come to something challenging at a race event they'll execute that better because of what they learned on that day yeah that's how I, that works you know? yeah and i always think about um i think about it with i think about it a lot with work like because the editing stuff that we do sometimes can just get so monotonous and be yeah. super overwhelming like manji ended up being like an hour and 20 minutes on a timeline that right. you know you got to sit through and then you've got to all right how am i going to cut this down and you've got shit everywhere and it's i always say to these boys and i say it to myself like you just have to stay in it yeah like it's so easy to get pissed off it's so easy to get frustrated when there's like yeah. things that you don't want to do or things that are really hard yeah but it's just at that point your only challenge is basically like how long can you stay in the game mm. and like actually be here and be present and that is what those days of the track kind of look like to me you know yeah well i guess like um like furthermore if we break it down there was one section there and um if the like he's big on like those real one percenters mm. and where there was a there's a gnarly deep rut uh, and that you came down the s bend and then it was a left hander and you had to stand through it like it was super deep and then going it was like a i guess you call it just a standard dirt rut into a sand berm where there'd been like a wash coming down yeah and jet would go through the rut standing and then he'd like just absolutely jam his rear brake before he went to the turn and fd's been working a lot from that and then i'm you know what i'm like no filter i told him to what are you doing man you do not need your rear brake at that point i said like on this track all you're doing and because and it was quite dry that day and all you're doing is upsetting the bike and the way that it settles in you've got to be have the confidence to go from that point transition and just just roll through your turn without using the rear brake and but it was the exact same thing that i was doing yeah but with the front brake <laughs> yeah exactly yeah 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 like like brakes at that point are just totally unsettling your bike to actually then go and just transition into the corner you've got like the bike has to be free it's mm. not designed to actually be bound, bound up, up. Yeah. yeah bound up at that point you know to to drive through a corner i mean hell there's there's heaps of other stuff you're you're the way that your suspension's working, the sag, you know, your tires, whatever, but you then add in an element that you can control. Can control. Yeah. You've got to, you know, have the uh, ability to actually say, no, I'm not going to use that. And you're just so much better off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was cool. Like, so we did, Ben had, uh, there'll, there'll be a video coming out where yeah. the boys were filming, but, um, we basically ben had a set of earphones in my ears with like a little headset and then ben had a microphone uh on the side of the track and we spent i think we did like some jumps first yeah and then we did a left hand right which was pretty pretty technical and then we did like the right hand sweeper so there was so much i mean for me like you know how much i love technique obviously yeah, yeah. i, I yeah. love that whole thing but that was like my first ever motocross coaching oh that, really that just wasn't dad telling me how to ride or like me listening <laughs> go to faster yeah go on mate you're fucking slow have a crack <laughs> yeah just fucking send it but yeah it's like either just talking to people on the podcast about technique or honestly that's probably why i try and talk to people so much about it is because like i really i feel like there's a lot of room to improve obviously and then like it's just knowledge is power essentially and you know yeah. like i know from the martial arts stuff it's just even a even a black belt is learning things constantly oh you're always always learning and, and yeah, but yeah. that it does it's just that philosophy like motocross and coaching and learning and technique it's just not the same 
thing for whatever reason. I, it's, I, I feel like our sport's almost just like decades behind other sports when it comes to coaching, you know, guys out there that that go and get private lessons. and th- like Culturally, it just isn't that much of a thing in our sport. It's getting more, but... I think there's been always a breakdown in like in the why part in my in my view like of so like just to go back like setting that scene a bit more if we just talk about that second uh, section on in the the left hand rut that we did yeah, you know yeah. like so initially I was like to Jace right we're gonna do that left right left and then I could see straight away that that was gonna be way too, too much info yeah yeah way too much information let's just break we'll do the last it was the third corner of the section the left hander let's just work on that and it's it's taking the why and understanding what you're doing that 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 i don't believe that's been in there in my eye or it certainly hasn't been to the level that is now coached at like if you look at rhino's a really good example he gives you the why behind it exactly yeah not just do this yeah like, yeah but but why you know that that's i think we've really lacked that that's a critical piece of information that people can understand and even with a smartphone as well because you can you mm. can connect the why because you know we, we were doing that right on the side of the track i i could say look you need to um you need to stand to this point and i'll explain to you why so as you transition to the seat if you're set up for too long or sat down for too too early you know your corner just becomes so long because yeah, like yeah. you know the, and i always say right the and, and everyone has a slightly different variance on it um but i always say your corner starts when you sit down and that's where uh if we drill down into it you you were using the front brake really heavy once you'd sat down but braking should be most the majority of your braking unless you really need to slow after you've sat should be when you're standing up right so that's your braking zone and you specifically you could see that as soon as you stood longer or deeper into the turn in that specific corner and it and it's pretty similar give or take i mean you mentioned this a lot on the day you take that scenario and you can apply it all over the track right yeah. yeah give or take within you know within reason and but for you the braking uh, sector of it and this is where they break it down even further again and it gets really detailed but you've got to put one foot in front of the other right there was no point us talking about the exit because you had a you had a big amount of work to do on the exit and right in that hook there was a real i don't know if you can show some of that footage on here overlap yeah, but there was will, that, yeah there's that hook right but there was no point even talking about that because in my eyes you had to come in and you had to start at the start at the very at step one right stand further so you can do your braking and get settled because you've got really good control everyone has their strengths and weaknesses right you've got really good control of your bike standing up it's it's like really evident for me to see so you had better control to brake standing get get yourself sort of all settled and calm and then sit down every time you would it was it was one in ten that you would get right if you sat too the early. Whole way, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we started there, and then, and then it was soft on that rear uh, front brake. Sorry, and then after you'd sat, there was a big uh, issue about I call it being stacked. You know, so I always talk Which about which makes so much sense to me now. So like oh, I'm I'm probably going off on a tangent. No, and people no, are going to no, be no, over no, it, no, but no. like you, the stacked part is being hips above your foot pegs shoulders above your hips head square above your shoulders right and you were getting like really off to the right hand it was a left hand corner you were sort of 
offsetting your weight to the right hand side right yeah then i always say and i would have said this a lot to you that day for every action there's got to be a reaction so if you're shifting if your bike's leaning left and your body's uh uh, leaning to the right at some point you've got to bring that back it's got to go the other way yeah so so just removing that piece to it so that your bike just stays settled at that point and then what was it after that i talked to you a lot about and making sure that you you keep your leading leg high especially when it gets to the deep part but then turning it in Mm. so you're turning sorry rotating your foot in so it stays connected to the bike because if your leading leg i always say it's like your compass right if it gets disconnected from the bike then you start to sort of really do the splits basically sitting on the seat and you're fighting the bike at that point and there's that it's another phrase i use so much is that it's not a wrestling match a motorcycle you should be yeah. in complete harmony with the bike at one with it all the time so i mean we're just talking how it's like yeah, 15 just like 10, meters 10 feet of track <laughs> yeah well yeah. i think the an, another cool i guess thing that we talked about i guess i get so like i get so like i could just go down a yeah, yeah. rabbit wire myself talking about that piece because like i really so much in it yeah but i think the biggest thing is you should i mean not to like take the piss out of you but show the first couple of laps and then show some of those ones at the end there was a massive gain man in terms of what you were able to execute just just remove speed yeah because speed is the byproduct of what doing it you, properly yeah your execution yeah and, and the thing that i noticed as well is that there was uh there was laps where i started going through it like if the first lap was a one out of ten yeah i started going through it every lap at probably like a six or a seven out of ten yeah which is a massive and just massive increase let, let's like set the scene a six or a seven isn't based on doing it at the speed that yeah. hurling's is doing it. a six or a seven for you is executing it you know like technically yeah. correct and it being comfortable and and consistent. i get that everyone doesn't need to be a technique doctor like it's not like i'm not talking you should write everyone needs to ride like there six should be a window. There's a window yeah, yeah. there's a window and the window is that will allow you to have more confidence like mm-hmm. you would have seen me coaching jagger and that's the reason i came over actually because i my boys sort of get like left on the side a little bit because i'm i'm pretty pinned at home i've got a lot on my plate at the moment and i wanted to spend this week with him and give him get a off bit instagram of, then <laughs> give him a bit of time and uh and you would have seen me with him right i, yeah. I didn't use a stopwatch all day nah. like, and i never told him to go faster um i just worked with him on like understanding you know the the execution or the process of doing it correctly and and um and that's how i do it i i barely ever use a stopwatch unless you're at the level where you really need to understand that what difference something makes versus something else exactly yeah 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 that makes sense yeah yeah well i noticed uh that the the one thing so it's probably worth talking that everyone's probably doing just one thing wrong yeah true and then that one thing then leads to three four five six seven yeah and then but it starts with that one thing i have heaps of phrases right the snow that's the snowball the snowball yeah and so for me when it came to the the cornering is that i was just too heavy on the front brake and it was like kind of like stabby and then i was trying to slow down too much but then I wanted to go faster through the turn. So then I'm accelerating yep. way too yep, yep, early yep. in the turn. And then because in my head, I'm chasing speed. Let's drill into that a little bit, right? So, and, and you might be able to show footage of this as well. But so Jace was coming in, he was breaking 
so we're talking about um, how momentum assists you, right, in those scenarios. You're just braking really heavily with the front brake, which is a, it's a good thing. You weren't over, I never talked to you about the rear brake at all. I don't even know. I didn't even watch it. Well, it didn't. When I coach, I just I just yeah, pull everyone up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's a negative approach, but I don't don't talk about the good things because all I can see is what you can do or what you can change to make you better. But you are so heavy on the front brake that you that that was just your reaction and instinctively you're like ah oh, I now I need to use the power to get moving. So removing or, or, or reducing that front brake allowed you just to carry momentum into the corner. And it, it felt really uncomfortable for you because it's like, whoa, this first third of this corner is like, I'm moving, I'm moving so <laughs> yeah. much quicker, right? But when you adjusted to that, then you are able to then um, execute or, or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You're able to utilize that momentum so much, and it made the corner easier. But yeah. the the hard, and it's the same with the jumping. That that was the exact same thing, right? Yeah, I was yeah. like, mate, you need to take control of the jump as opposed to the jump taking control of you. And that, and and that in that instance, it was using the power. The instance that we're talking about in the rut was like reduce the brake that'll allow you just to roll in and then you can then control the power when you need to you're not actually using the power to actually actually get you back into the yeah into the yeah, speed yeah yeah so again that's the action and the reaction right so the the brake was the action then you had to react with the throttle yeah so then the bike gets and then you're going faster you're like accelerating in a weird spot so then you got to hit the brake again, again you just and, end yeah. up chasing it and Snowball. it's like, yeah and it's just like knowing that one thing and then that the crazy thing that I found, there was like one lap where, because I was kind of riding off the track. So I wasn't doing the track. I was just like basically pinning it in a straight line yep. at this rut. Yep. And I was like, fuck, I've never gone this fast at and, a rut like this. And, and but it did every feel lap fast. I was like, dude, like if Go it wasn't it. a yeah, good yeah, lap, yeah. I was like, you you didn't start the section like you mean to yeah. execute the section, right? And, and so I think that that's probably the interesting point is that I wasn't trying to do the turn faster. I was just trying to get the right momentum yep. to then fo- like flow through the turn. But it's like that is speed. So like yes, you're now going, you're yep, now going is. faster. Yep. So there's no, there's no thing like you've just got to go faster. It's it's like a, or you can I could see how going faster would help me yes. as opposed yeah. to being some like. A, it's hard to explain because like you feel like everyone's got a level of speed that they're at and yeah. they, where they think like I'm going too fast yeah yeah I, it, I mean I rode later in the day I was <laughs> like this is gnarly out here you know yeah. yeah and so everyone's got that like fuck I need to hit the brakes yeah but it's like it's figuring out that you can go faster and it feels safer yep. in certain you know aspects and I think uh, another cool thing as well it's actually probably changed like even since i left the those two days i really just want to go back and ride some tracks that i'm really used to riding familiar with but now i can like put all this new shit into play yeah but i've just been riding my motor wrong too yeah like can we just go back a second you know you when you were talking about you were coming at a straight line to the corner can you like uh, sort of think back to that moment when you were approaching the corner uh, slower, do you think in your mind you were like already thinking about the corner? Like to me that when I was watching you approach it and you weren't like just like like cr- like I would say to you, I need to hear that engine get up and like accelerate. Like I want to hear the tone of the engine. I, I said once 
I don't know, like if you know, it'd be too hard to, to find them. But I said, like, if I was blind right now, I could hear that you didn't approach the turn fast enough. Like, mm. And what I'm asking you is, I believe when you are approaching it slower, you are already thinking too far ahead Down of yourself yeah. instead of being right there in the moment, like step by step. You know, you're always just putting one foot in front of the other because if you're thinking too far ahead, you're not right there, you know, in that moment, like really present with what you're doing just there. Yeah. That, that's my, um, that's when I look at it and, and assess it, that's what I thought was happening. That's why I was like so big on, right, get it up, get that bike, like, you know, get it accelerating to the turn. So you're like in the moment controlling the, controlling the bike just there as opposed to just dribbling along and then trying to like really do it really correctly all the way back there you just got to do every piece of the equation at that moment in time yeah i think that you could probably describe it as like you know on uh like a game where you've got the ghost rider in front of you (laughs) it's it's almost like i'm chasing yes the whole time like i'm never in front of that guy so like my mind is where that guy is in a sense instead of like feeling like i'm level with that dude I, i feel like i've always need to go faster yeah so i think i'm uh, it's almost like uh yeah even i did the porsche driver day the other day right and like i'm i understand racing where like i know racing lines i know apexes i know like where guys for cars i know where they're driving on the road like i know how to do that even though i've never done it just yeah. because i've watched it but then i get in the i was in the car and i was with fabian coulthard and he's like man you're doing everything fucking sick but you're just too like you're trying to go too fast like with the throttle and the turns right. like you're just accelerating early, like way too early it just doesn't need to be here like you've just got to it's exa- it was the same thing in the car just like get off the brake flow through and then accelerate yeah, on the yeah, exit yeah. like i think maybe it's just you grow up thinking that the fast guys just accelerate the whole way around the turn but it's just sort of not the case yeah and i think that just goes back to when you're talking about coaching and we were at in this day and age is that understanding the why that's yeah. the part that like we've been able to drill down into way more and then you get an understanding and you start to get a feeling for that and then you execute it and you're like oh well that's that's why yeah and i, I th- believe yeah and i think another massive thing as well um is and i'm, I'm just banking on people thinking that this is interesting um <laughs> <laughs> is not sorry uh but I'd feel like as well, I probably didn't understand like the way I should use the motor. Right. Like I feel like the way that I ride a motor is like a drag race, like first, second, third, for yeah. like you let it rev. And then when it's revving, you change gears. And that's probably not the move that I figured out. Like there was one corner when we were doing that sweeper, like I was hitting the turn in third, short shifting to fourth. And I would have thought like, oh, I'm going really slow. Yeah. But it's like, you're not, you're clicking forth the throttle's wide open there might you might not be revving the fuck out of the thing but like you're building that momentum yeah. and torque in the engine and then you use the clutch a little bit to get it up there and it, it went from like straight line ruts have always been a thing where i'm like Ish, fuck i'll just ride around them <laughs> <laughs> but then you know you could see this massive difference where like i'm fighting the bike yeah. in these ruts yeah. and the bike's like revving out and then as soon as you were like click forth before the rut power all the way through it and like relax your hands and then after three or four goes this thing that was hard for me before forever with just like a little bit of extra knowledge and a different approach same same straightaway different approach and everything was easier so i think it's just 
I guess the point I'm trying to make is like, it just understand, like just try and get as much understanding yeah. as possible and it can just change your entire experience. Yeah, that, I guess that's the like the point that I would like love to like people to understand this whole discussion is like riding a dirt bike, it shouldn't be, you, you shouldn't be like scared or uncomfortable with it. Like I see a lot of people that it's, it's like a wrestle for them and like they're totally it should be a, a really enjoyable experience and just get a uh, if you can like get an understanding of of how you can get into um ex- enjoying it more than what you already do i guess is, is probably what i'm trying to say because then then you're able to really just be at one with the bike and and have a really you know enjoyable experience on it and it's not oh, i think you and i talked about this it's not we all have that same buzz yeah you know, it doesn't matter if you're riding at Tomax speed or you're just riding around at whatever speed you are. We all have that same buzz, but if you're out there and it's you know you're feeling slightly uncomfortable, then get an understanding of how whatever that scenario is that you're in. How can you be more com- comfortable riding your dirt bike at that point? You know? Yeah, and that's so true. And it's probably something small like grabbing yeah. a bit too much front brake. Yeah, you know, and then you said like you said you're just setting off that snowball. So it's like. Yeah. For me, if you're a rider that like is wanting to improve, it's like you just got to go and find the, the those few key things that you're doing 5, 10, 15% wrong. Yeah. But then once you clean up those things, it translates into just a completely different experience. Yeah, like a totally, like a much better experience. And now, yeah, it's to the point where I'm like so excited to go and ride because I'm like, all right, I got all this shit yeah. that I need to to work on and I can see like oh I've definitely been doing that a little bit wrong I've de- I know I've always struggled with that turn yeah. but it's that like for example there's a turn at the QMP natural terrain track and it's like a long left and it always gets like a weird rut and it's that same thing that I was doing at MX Farm I do in that rut yeah. so it's like you know you can just everything translates and it's like just that little bit of extra knowledge now yeah. can kind of push me forward I guess like um, there that'll be really interesting when you ride next to 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 know if that if you are able to execute that better or you know if it's um if, if you basically ride better in that scenario you know at other places without me standing there you know in yeah, your ear yeah, the yeah. whole time but i guess for most people listening it, it'll be like oh you know like i just want to ride my dirt bike and that's cool yeah yeah that, I get that's it. awesome yeah. but if you want to have a better experience then then just yeah have a little bit more understanding of like certain pieces of the puzzle that are probably holding you back from having a better experience i guess that's all griff we're talking to you bro <laughs> jagger pointed that out to him right <laughs> yeah that was so funny eh? he is dry eh, man oh jagger yeah like, oh yeah you know, he's he's not on the sarcasm wave with with the say he's just like what bro throat, <laughs> yeah. oh dude he fucking rips buddy it's so, it's so cool watching a kid it's like gnarly watching a kid ride like fucking chase Sexton on a 60 yeah it was pretty cool like he um he's come a long way recently and watching him there i watched some of those videos back later that evening and he was he, that that final turn was and for him that day was no different to the stuff i was doing with you just you know working on those little pieces of the puzzle and him understanding how you know like for him on a he's on a two-stroke right so i had him going through there or i shouldn't say he was going through there in third gear 
and I was giving him like a little bit of feedback on how the two stroke, you know, like a four stroke has really good torque value. Yeah. You don't have that on two strokes. So just using the clutch enough just to get that into that sweet spot in the revs and it's it's cool to hear a two stroke go through a corner like that and like really sort of rip a a good laugh on a two stroke through there is pretty cool to to watch and see it it was just cool as well watching the kid on a 65 do like three tanks of fuel in a day (laughs) like (laughs) it was insane you go to mx farm like shameless plug to mx farm that place is bullshit yeah awesome like if you just want to go away for the day or for the weekend and go riding you i mean if you don't have fun there then ask for your money back sell your bike yeah put it in put it in the paper oh so we're doing uh we'll finish the coaching chat we'll move on to some more pressing issues uh (laughs) but uh methodmoto yeah.com so that's uh ben's coaching website yeah online platform yeah so you can go online there's a bunch of different courses is there any other services you offer through that at the moment no not right now but we that's we're just sort of working on that right now to be honest with you but yeah something i set that up because like i i coach a lot one-on-one but i'm really good at one-on-one i'm not even that great at one-on-two like in that you know and then like a group setting yeah uh, because i'm just you mean you would have seen i'm so detailed Detailed. on what i see you know like i found it hard you and jagger being there like it was like i'm just uh, i just like to just give that one rider that that the most feedback i can give to help them be a better rider but i tell you the online platform is that's what where we sort of got to with that you know we'd seen it in other different forms of you know i don't know pilates or yoga or whatever and looked at like how can we you know structured in a yeah similar way. yeah yeah so we're still working on it it's um it's certainly uh go I to guess, go to method put it up on the screen just for everyone that can i guess it's not it. for um i guess in the our sport it's not common yeah. you know that's not a common way of doing it but the one thing about what we've always said is it's in your own time you can learn anywhere anytime you know in that in that perspective because you know you can be at the track bring up the app and then be able to like especially for fathers right or even for the likes of yourselves anyone like if you're really wanting to um, become a better rider the the ability to utilize that um, at the track you know if you're out there if you're struggling and that hook there is a there's a section of ruts on there that you can just go straight to it's even like it's broken down in each of each of those modules right and then you go in there and you're able to understand like man i'm struggling you know like what how can i what am i doing wrong you know and you can you know if someone's filming you that's why i say smartphones are so good like they're hectic they take over your life but in certain areas are so beneficial right and um you can we were doing it on that day you know and like i could stop you and say hey look you know see this and then you could refer to that um yeah. you know immediately so and uh we should uh yeah do some kind of like gypsy gang promo or something through there as well if people yeah. want to people want to sign up we'll figure it out i'll leave the link in the in the description but yeah I, i've i'm on there um and i've been watching watching the stuff so stuff it's so cool to, to do like this is so common in jiu-jitsu really yeah oh there you go dude but it's not common in our sport right man and honestly like and i tell anna all the time like she hates watching this sort of stuff yeah but for me i, I feel just i'm a person like i it's like monkey see monkey do right and for moto it's like a lot harder because i don't do the reps yes. but at yeah. jiu-jitsu yeah. i can watch a thing and just i go and do it like it, it just translates yeah. so perfectly and to have like the best guys in the world that just like tell you their techniques and then you can practice it and and go and do it it's so common and like i i 
tell Anna all the time, I'm like, you have to just watch these fucking DVDs. Like it's a, yeah. it's a cheat code. Like yeah, it's literally yeah. cheating. You don't have to figure this shit out yourself. There's all of these guys that are the best in the world and they literally tell you what they do. Right. And then they show you footage of them doing it in competition to the other best dudes in the world it fucking works like, right all you need to do is watch and understand and do it yeah so it's well, so no, common in so many other sports that's no different here but i think it's just it's not common in yeah. our sport like it's like it's a different way of actually doing it. and i think you know again like I don't know if everyone isn't invested as in like I just ride my dirt. I just want to. I just want to get out of the house, go I, ride my I dirt. I get the I, logic, but I don't at the same time. Yes, me too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think that's where we. If we go back to where we started this conversation, I think that that is slowly changing. In yeah. my in my opinion, it is because, you know, where there's more information out there around how you can do that without paying someone to be standing there, like like I was the other day. You know, you can get it in a different. Um, forum or platform now than than what it has been in the past you know can we give griff a free subscription yeah when griff needs it <laughs> ask jagger <laughs> jagger reckons he needs it uh, but like man so just like to finish this off like i was the guy that i've so, been trying to think you know you're saying like um how brutally honest he was with griff and when we were driving here earlier <laughs> there was something, something about crowd surfing on the radio and jag was like oh is that when you like you jump off the stage into the into the crowd and this is how brutal he is he's like so if i was in the crowd hey, i'll just move sideways <laughs> <laughs> just let them fall flat on their face reckons. yeah your son <laughs> real dog starting early it was so good eh? it was just me and him and that was him. i'll just move sideways hey eh? just let him fall on the floor <laughs> he's not he's not real keen on learning jiu-jitsu is he <laughs> i tried to get him into it <laughs> not happening yeah. uh, but like i was the guy that would go to the track so i had like eight years off riding like yep. i just didn't ride when i went to america okay yeah. like i was i rode literally twice and that was it so when i moved back home and pretty much like the pod i said all the time like the podcast got me back into riding i was like ah, i'm probably fucking done motoring oh really yeah because i i had so long off and then i was so shit at it that when i went to the track even though i fucking love motocross more than anything like actually doing it was so hard yeah you know and you don't ride very enjoyable no it just wasn't fun and Mm. there's so many people that would be listening to this right now Mm. that if they were completely honest with themselves yeah they like watching motocross more than riding motocross probably yeah yeah a hundred percent man and that to me is a massive problem in the sport because it's so fuck like dude I mean, even Ricardo is a perfect example. Yeah. Like he fucking loves it so much, but he like fully doubts his ability to ride a big bike. Yeah, and he's just like, "There's no way I can do it. It's too gnarly." It's too... and I'm like, "Okay, I get it." But you just if you start at the start and you learn the right way to do things, like you can develop a more confidence, and you can. And it goes back to that argument. I mean, there's probably guys that are in the middle where like they enjoy riding, yeah, yeah. but they're not like that good. At, and they're the guys like, nah, I just want to go have fun. And it's like, bro, just invest in yeah. yourself a little bit, and you're gonna take that enjoyment level, yeah, to the point where now, like me and Maddie at that Transmoto. I think I did like seven or eight laps, like seven or eight half hour laps. I was fucking fingered. Like I couldn't even lift my arms like this and I went out and did another lap 
because I was having so much fun riding. I didn't feel out of control. I didn't feel like I was going to crash. I, yeah. I, I felt good. So it's like it then the thing that you like doing when you can do it well, it just makes it even like more even more enjoyable, enjoyable experience. And then I look at you right and I'm just like this motherfucker, like <laughs> the way that you can just go at it. Yeah, and, it's and that's fun, just you repetitions, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so just, just it speaks yeah. to that, you know? Yeah. So it's like just invest in yourselves. Mm. If you're listening to this and you want to ride even 10% better, riding 10% better equates to a probably 70% more fun. And yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like the the trade-off, like you put in a little bit, you're going to get so much more out of it. Absolutely. And I'm not a salesman. Like I don't, it doesn't matter if you're not into the method moto thing or you don't even like me as a person. Which is right. probably pretty. There's like, a lot of people. There's yeah. a lot of dudes. Hey? <laughs> uh, it's just like, and, uh, take, you know, I mean, we need to finish this topic because people might be fully off. Or might, um, you might be losing <laughs> listeners. But uh it's just about you enjoying your riding experience more than you currently do because as you go out there and you do things slightly you tweak things and it'll become it'll become easier that's there's no doubt about that it'll become easier and then yeah if you want to go faster then that is the equation to going faster bang what should we talk about next uh, well, I think what are you that, the most excited to talk about on this podcast? We've had we've had so many chats in the last couple of years. Motocross the Nations. That I want to talk about that. Tell me about it. Australian team has got an awesome opportunity. Like I'm mass. I've got a lot of. I'm as Kiwi as it gets. You know, like I'm sheep rooting the whole deal. <laughs> you are as <laughs> yeah, fucking Kiwi oh, I'll as take it, it gets. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> but uh, Australia have a w- amazing opportunity this year eh, to to actually win the thing. Dude, can you, you imagine? Said it, you said it a year ago. I was like, mate, you're on crack. Like, <laughs> really? I, yeah, I did. You you could go back and in our voice messages and I was like, nah, mate, you're on crack. Like this, that's not happening. But this year it is. I don't even remember what I said. I think you said it on a podcast, and I like was like, I need to go back and find the find the message. Yeah, you did. You definitely did. And I was like, no. Nah. Oh, it was yeah, because it was going to um, it was in Italy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was yeah. probably some clickbait thing that you, you <laughs> yeah, know, that I'd known got me for. like <laughs> big time, <laughs> easy pop, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I was like, mate, you are just you're you're like, what are you on about? And but this year for sure, yeah, it, which is cool really really cool and mitch evans peaking at just the Mate. right time like fuck. hasn't he bro he's been through a until he lot. got run over did you see that no nah. yeah moto one like oh no i haven't seen oh, pull up the down. pull up the highlights of that quality race if you can i want to watch the great man ride like, he's a he's a good rider eh? like I, he's had obviously had there's been a lot of niggles and injuries that wrist and, injury was yeah. real bad mm. like i saw him i don't know him i just watch the results that's all and yeah okay well, i was at italy and he man he struggled there you could that was a brutal track at sardinia there yeah yeah that track's gnarly hey? yeah real gnarly and um yeah he was he was on the struggle bus there but that was just pure fitness like if you went like at the top of your fitness game and it was real hot eh? yeah super yeah. hot yeah yeah and um but you know he's he's hit some form now man and that's just like made australia's chances even yeah even better did you and what did you think uh what did you think yeah play this let's just watch i i don't think i watched all of this um oh yeah so he started like it was pretty much guys that was behind him pretty much the whole race eh? yeah i i I, like he he made easy work of it like it wasn't like a 
well not that i remember anyway like he and the that's him going to the lead now and yeah he just set sail from what i remember that's crazy because that's his first first win too really and you gotta think man that the momentum that a rider can mentally generate from momentum he's got a i don't know if it's public i think it's public but he's signed on for hrc again next year i had heard that is that public griff do you know if that's public (laughs) oh okay well fuck it (laughs) clickbait (laughs) i'm pretty i'm pretty sure that he's signed for hrc again next year um so that's got to give just like that level of fucking poor Jed. Uh, he's, he's finally started to uh, get a bit better too. Yeah, he he broke his shoulder in that... Rough go of it, eh, man? It's been a tough year, man. Yeah, well, he, he broke his shoulder in that first or second race or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, so anyway, Mitch getting the deal to ride for Honda again. That's got to take a bunch of pressure off. Oh, that's right. Richie's over there with him as well. Oh, really? So he said that that had made a massive difference. Um, the fact that that richie was over there who's obviously that's cool insanely good rider as well yeah yeah he was uh when i was here at coolum for when i was here a couple of years ago for levi to race uh he was racing then at coolum yeah yeah richie yeah Mm. yeah he's a good rider yeah for sure but uh i mean just talking motocross the nations you know it's um for me you know aussie probably has under delivered for a long long time in terms of you know you've had you know reedy and burner and mcfarlane and a bunch of crew i don't know there's, there's heaps of names I'm, I'm not too good johnny on the spot with names but uh, you've had the ability to perform and i think you've only been on the podium once yeah is that right yeah is that france yeah it was with mossy mossy with yeah. jenny arbike was on the podium was he yeah, was it yeah. reedy mossy and burner maybe metcalf. or metcalf was it metcalf yeah, suzuki yeah. right yeah. yeah and um that i mean that's a pretty average like result you know, considering yeah considering what you know you've had as a country and over a number of years now and and but this year has the ability like if you win the motocross of nations you're going to be like like australia is like that is all time yeah biggest race of the year i think obviously the the fact that you know jet and hunter the form they're in like that is what you'd say it, that's the, the backbone of it yeah exactly but then you've got to have that third rider you cannot race the motocross of nations with two awesome riders to you know like let's say stars the third rider has to back up and you know that type of form that Mitch is in right now that allows you that opportunity to go for the win yeah yeah man it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy at red bud as well yeah. and i think the fact that all the boys are gonna be on hondas like it's <laughs> yeah, just a like- it's like a dialed in program because i feel like motocross the nations is one of those unless it's in europe i think you see like it's in europe and then you got all the riders, all the teams, their own bikes there. Like the whole, it just logistically becomes easy. I think, I think one of the reasons Australia's always struggled is because it, it's so disjointed between. Like I think the team managers always kind of comes from Australia, and then sometimes there's no riders that are in Australia that's even doing it. Like you got one guy from America, two guys from Europe, or whatever. So it's always like you got the Aussie front, you got the American front, and then you got the Euro front. And you're trying to like line up these three things to to come together. And I think that that does make a, a, a difference, you know, but it seems like now you've got uh, Jet and Hunter, you've got their whole program, then you've got Dazzy that's going to be super involved. You've got Myrtle that's going to take care of a bunch of shit for those guys. He's also Mitch's manager. Oh, so it? Myrtle manages all three of the guys that's on team australia 
so like you've actually got it feels like a team you know like you've got a solid foundation and then it's already there all their bikes are there mitch is going to be able to kind of jump on the program so it sort of seems like a lot of the factors that maybe when we had the riders to do the job we just didn't have like the infrastructure or the Stars team you know align with all of it and and I, maybe that's not as important as i'm making it out to be maybe i'm kind of like looking into it too far but i don't know like what's going to be important is who they decide to to ride the mx2 bike that's going to be Hunter. the most important factor Hunter. it's is that set 100 percent. is that set griff yeah are you sure is that public knowledge <laughs> i don't know what's fucking i don't know what's real anymore <laughs> yeah you well, got something wrong with your right eye griff well have you seen the footage go to jet lawrence rides a 450 have you seen this video yeah i have what yeah. did you make of it well he's going pretty slow like i don't think he was not that he's going slow wrong word to use i don't think he's sending it essentially but nah, he's nah. why is he riding that 450 if he's gonna ride well it? he's riding that because he's racing it next summer that's like yeah 100%. whether that's public knowledge or not that's exactly what's happening right so he gets um that stupid rule they have an ama racing so he gets one year to defend his uh fucking look at him go full screen it put it on so the people can see it moto academy ain't gonna fucking clip this video let's just enjoy it, this is always uh this is always like a this video right here is like the pivotal moment like i can remember the first video that came out of james stewart on a kx 250 and then you see the first footage of Basha on a 450 you know like you've yeah. always the first footage of villa on a 450 it always feels like kind of a special moment when yeah you, it is when you yep. get to drop sure. the first footage of a guy riding a 450 yeah yeah for sure what makes you, riding look effortless at times eh? yeah Dude, as so, i say that <laughs> yeah, he fucks up <laughs> yeah. hey so watch this well let's go back to technique for two seconds sorry to everyone watch pretty much every before he sits down every time he's doing like a pump with his legs have you noticed that no nah, no I watch, haven't. so watch for this he's every time he does like a it's like a pump sit watch every single time and you, that's like a bmx and a mountain bike thing is like you have that pump see pump and then sit yeah have you know can you see it yeah yeah i see what you're saying you de- i definitely noticed in that turn where it is now pump, the previous sit. lap but that um whether that's come from Dazzy or from Johnny O, I mean, obviously he's had a huge influence and uh and you know what their structure is in America with the entire program, I guess you'd call it. So what what would you make of that, like just watching that? What do you think that's doing? Because that's super, just super obvious. Bike, just setting it, like okay. just making sure you've got it like planted into the line as as you go to then transition, right? So when he goes to transition, that's the you know the point of going, finishing your braking, and then settling into your seated position for the corner. He's just making sure it's just nice and settled in that in that line that he's in. Yeah, not you're not sort of just leaving it to chance, right? You're just yeah. like making sure, bang, like yeah, right. That's I've got that bike grounded. That's uh, the line. That's sort of the thing. line. I've got it sealed. Yes, I can transition now. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, because yeah, that's what that's the one thing that really stood out to me in this video is. is it's almost like he's overemphasizing it in a sense. Yeah, but you—that's how you that's to make how, it that muscle memory. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to me, when I saw this video, I was like, okay, this is Jet at full cruising pace, trying to do all of his technical things that Dazzy's essentially asking him to do. You know, one of the things that I reckon has stood out for him, especially because we've we've been able to see his whole progression from amateurs. He has never ridden like an amateur rider. Have you noticed that? 
in what way doesn't rave well doesn't yeah, do these yeah. massive scrub isn't trying to like over over engineer a corner as he goes through it you know like just i'm going to move this boom out of the way he's never ridden like that and that's the whole entire program of having someone like johnny um you know we we're talking about earlier with ford right and th- this is on a much lesser scale or different yeah, different yeah. world from there but i said to ford yesterday none of your riders like ride like amateur riders he jet has never ridden like that yeah and that has helped him progress so much quicker because you're not like doing all this wild Extra shit, shit yeah that just actually isn't it's you're going slower yeah justin Barsha is a perfect example of that he would go faster if he didn't ride the way he rides i cannot believe that he is with that program of of having the man involved with it and he hasn't changed some of those habits he would go faster yeah you, you're a 450 doesn't make peak movement forward at 15,000 RPM. It <laughs> yeah. does not work. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. And I just can't believe that he still rides like in that. that. Anyway, so the point being is when we were watching that with Jet just then, he hasn't ridden like an amateur. If you watch a lot of those amateurs come into PC or Star or yeah, yeah. whatever team it be, they, they come in with this wild like, and it's because their amateur amateur tracks are a lot smoother, heaps of jumps, you know, yeah. like I've, I was just watching Well, and something. it's fun absolutely (laughs) i think that's a big part of it as well like that's one thing i'm obviously like the biggest fucking deegan family fan but i look at i look at hayden and that's my that's my only thing that i could say is just like you're just revving the fuck out of that thing like it's probably too much i my boys watch a lot of his stuff and he's actually just he's been through some periods when he hasn't done it and man he writes the bike so much better but They'll iron that out real fast. They run a very slick program, man, that, yeah. that whole program. Yeah. We, we I, should... I get sick of people, like, ragging on them about um, – I was talking with FD about this the other night. Like, they rag on him that he's had everything. That The the buck stops at Redbud and that – what was that the thing combine. called? The combine. The buck stops there. The dude is a B. He went out and he absolutely flogged them. Don't I don't care if he's got – how many follows are there? That doesn't even matter. Yeah, that when doesn't you, help you when, when the you're gate on the drops. Yeah. Whether you've got a million followers or you've got none, that does not matter. He, the gate dropped and that kid flogged them. Yeah. yeah. And on the same... All, all respect to Chance Hymas and whoever else was out there, man. He he flogged them, man. And that is shows you he's in a good spot. Mm. And that has come. That's a culmination of the program I've done over the last, like, sort of, you'd call it 24 months. If you were just to keep it narrow, it's been longer than that. But you look at the program in the last 24 months, which we've all been able to see. Like, Mm. they they leave it all out there. There's nothing hidden. Yeah. And that's what's culminated in that, the decisions they're making and how they're going about it. And, mm, yeah, that was, yeah. So just to drill into what I was talking about with Jet, he hasn't ridden like an amateur and that has allowed his progression to be so much quicker because he's not going back and undoing all this bad habits bad habits and, yeah 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 no i mean yeah i, I completely agree we're probably we're dancing around a bit yeah yeah we'll, like, start we'll, on yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll finish finish on that i guess um but yeah how do you think that he's gonna go or like how can he go in a first 450 race at that scale like could you imagine making your 450 debut at motocross and nations i think you can put jet in a jeremy mcgrath um sort of like uh, uh, let's just sorry park the motocross and nations just as a 450 rider he could line up at anaheim 
next year in in January 2023 and be competitive. Mm. Yeah. Dungey did it. Yeah. McGrath did it. Dungey did it. He could. There's no doubt about it. But should he? Though, I would so- love to see him race the East Coast and and line up at Anaheim on a 450. And can do- you do that? Yeah. That would be so sick. Yeah, he should do that. I, I, he, he should line up on a 450, and he's completely capable of of lining up, and and mate, he he could be competitive straight away. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Is that the move though? Yeah. So why not? But so because I think you sent me a clip of Villeman saying that he's wasting his time in the lights class next year. That wouldn't have been me. Oh, you, you sure? No. Nah. So, someone someone sent me a clip um fuck who was it um but yeah a villain saying like he's wasting his time in the lights class he needs to just go straight to 450 like I, I don't know that I'm, i think that Nah, i'm sort of on the fence on that to be honest like um rc was he was involved with i was involved with rc for for a while and it's he said like mate you've got you've got the rest of your career to race a 450 don't be in a rush but but the thing is with with jet like he only has next year to race in supercross that's it you know like you're you're bound by the rules but why not race some 450 races like but do, i guess do you think like i agree but do you think that he should scrap the 250s altogether and just go straight to 450s for a full season like i um, don't think that's the move no nah, no nah, but i'd love to see him do some yeah oh me do too. some west coast racing on a 450 yeah i just, I just don't i guess i don't understand the logic of Villeman saying that he's wasting his time in the 250 like that's the bit where I'm like I just don't un- I don't get it I don't get how it's a waste of time you go win another series make another million dollar championship bonus and then what probably 50 grand per race win a main event win what you win fucking six of them so that's 300 grand just from Honda and then add in all the other stuff that you're gonna uh, all the other sponsors and then your million dollar championship bonus so it's like oh yeah we should turn down that fucking money for four or five months work yeah like, I, I don't believe he he i i not really that he needs want to see him to race no no make the money man that's, if the that's money's on offer, like, make, make the it's, money it's literally right there you it's five months a, work a yeah. certain time and like in your life to make good money do it no, yeah, and you're yeah. setting a foundation for your. Imagine if you could be career. like a golfer eh, and ride and race until you're in your like. Imagine if you were Cam Smith and you just got a hundred million dollars oh, to sign with Live Fucking Golf. What about didn't Tiger get offered like some seven hundred or something? They reckon. Oh mate, it was extraordinary. Nah, I'm good, bud. <laughs> <laughs> keep your fuck. Keep the change. No, nah, I I think that Jet should race two fifty next year. Yeah, but I'd love to see him on the on the other coast the opposite coast to what he races line up on the 450 and do some races we've seen recent years dino did it really filled in for uh, oh yeah yeah yeah, and, yeah yeah but they used to do it heaps when it was one two five two fifties you yeah. know back in the two strike era but hasn't been done i don't i don't know why i don't know if the the brands think the stakes are higher now or or what what it is but um yeah i mean he's he clearly on a 450 is going to be competitive immediately and it would just be it'd be cool to see him out there we all want to see you know what he's um going to be able to do on a 450 and if it's on offer to do it next year then do it get out there but i I agree i don't know what villaman's thoughts were on why he should be uh why he thinks he's wasting his time um in, in my opinion i don't think that uh, racing a lights bike and supercross is a waste of time when you can probably no. earn a you know well into probably a million dollars 
uh, of of bonus money for doing it. I mean, if that's on offer, then he's yeah. only got nineteen mil to hit that target. He go for the year. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to see to see him line up um, on that 450 for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just think like I guess my take on it would be like you're a young dude with a young body, and like you can see the way that like I don't think people understand the the years that it takes to get ready for a full 450 season mm. like you just you can't unless you're doing drugs you can't shortcut the the physicality and the shift from to do 17 races of supercross and then 12 races of motocross and then three rounds of super doopy doopy cross like that fucking toll that that takes on a body and then if you have any injuries in that time so like for me i'm like if you can make this much money by like taking a lot less risk and still building that foundation and leaving you in a better spot because could you imagine if jet said oh yeah fuck the 250s i'll do 450 all year next year like think about the the toll that that takes on his system to ride a 450 all supercross and then do his first outdoor season on one as well like i just yeah i think it's just so much like just take the year to just because if you go from the 250 indoors 450 outdoors then that's like another step you know it's like just why skip steps if you're making money along the way the fans are happy you're winning races oh, you got you're no pick- argument from me you know yeah. like just i'm just a fan and i just i'm just yeah. like i want to see him you know i want to see him racing in the 450 class but you're 100 percent right that is the right move to do it in that um in that manner or that you know those steps along the way yeah that is the right move you know you just mentioned like it, it um about uh what the toll it on the body and and if you're on performance enhancing drugs it doesn't matter in our sport mate that is not it's so consuming mentally to be mm. racing like they they start those programs in sort of november you know they're testing there's and no off season oh, mate, like they're fucked especially with matter. the new super shit yeah like they've just fully fucked the program that program is massive and that that toll is huge so if you remove half of that season like he would do next year in terms of you know just racing east or west that's just that's going to buy you time and in, in, in the other end of your career there's no doubt about it yeah no, no. no doubt whatsoever and then i think it's a cool cool chance for hunter next year to to not have jet in the in the lights class for for the outdoor championship as well like he's been fucking impressive this year yeah i reckon like yeah it just pr- hasn't quite hit his hit his stride i reckon yet i believe there's more in the tank and mm. he hasn't unlocked it i i talked to him i don't know jet um but i've known hunter since 2015 i was here doing a couple of races in aussie and i i got to know hunter then and I'm, i've always been on you know hunter train for sure like he he's a he's a cool dude he's just a cool dude yeah, yeah yeah wicked person and and we and i often sort of just give him i'm pretty um i don't have a have a filter and i just give him my thoughts <laughs> um it was it was sort of started after mount morris like he should have he should have won mm. mount morris you know and i sort of gave him my thoughts on why what why what is that, that? like what do you think that was i believe that he's still not just letting himself go he's over if you if you really analyze like i do we're going down another okay go there <laughs> just go there down another coaching um 
Dude, I hope I'm not the end of Gypsy Tales or Centipede. <laughs> plummets. If I can't everything. kill Gypsy Tales, you can't. <laughs> uh, I just analysed what he was doing that day. And to me, it just looked like he's still overthinking the process slightly. You know, it's just like, mate, you just got to just let it go. And that's the difference between those two right now. Now, that could be because um, of the the snowball effect of what happened, you know, for for jet for uh, sorry for hunter for a couple of years you know like it he just lost momentum and there was just heaps of different snags here and there and there was you know injuries and i think he had some health problems with his diet or, or whatever and he's definitely got the train on the tracks there's no doubt about it but, but how much did you sacrifice or like it, what was the cost of that yeah and i think potentially like subconsciously it's like you know i'm, I'm doing really good potentially Don't i just fuck it up yeah 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 and i and i and when i watched mount morris that day or high point sorry it was just like mate there was just that that little bit just of tension there that could have just let it go and it's just it's it he's so like what when he rides a bike he wants to execute it so everything well everything perfectly and it's like he just needs to just let it go and he will actually just increase that like he's doing that it's instinctively in there anyway but that's you see those small um there's a little bit of mind present where that doesn't yeah, need to be doesn't need to be yeah do you see that with like levi and jagger like is it a similar thing because like levi is kind of that mr like Analytical. I've seen that just recently with Jagger. We did it. We had a club there a couple of weekends ago. And um, I was, you know, saying to him, like, when you ride during the week, I just see you just go. And, and I always talk about riding to your potential, not the result. For me, if if you're riding to your potential in New Zealand and you get beaten, that those they must be flying, you yeah. know, because, like, you're riding your bike really well. And if I tell you you're riding to your potential, I know what I'm seeing. You know, I can I can – I'm pretty accurate with saying like that was really good that was you know this needs to change and but overall that was to your potential and I said to him on the day I said that turn there specifically you went off the start left left and then there was a right hander and there was some really there's some wicked ruts in this corner and I said you're just going in there and you can see you're overthinking it and you're not allowing yourself to just ride to your potential I said go in there go through your process and just and if you if you tip over you tip over but at least you have attempted to ride to your potential and then he did that and man it was just like a light switch straight away and i so that's what i i don't if we now take that and go to the highest level i just don't think that hunter is just riding quite to his potential and that people are going to go what you know like but there's a little bit more in the tank in my in my opinion it makes sense too to be um like i've definitely felt at times where like in if you look at the trajectory of like this this show it's like at one point there was just like nothing to lose right you know there's no it doesn't doesn't what you do sort of sort of doesn't really matter because no one gives a fuck you know <laughs> but then as you build up to a certain level like you do have something to lose yeah and then it does like you um, i've probably went through it for a little bit where i was like just don't fuck it up don't fuck it up don't fuck it up don't fuck it up and then it's like you trip over yourself yeah okay when it's if you don't have that don't fuck it up thought and then you just do what's been working for you mm -hmm. then like it's like you said you're just free then so yeah. i mean it makes sense that's and, how jet lawrence rides a motorcycle yeah yeah yeah. he don't give a fuck no. he's not he just yeah. doesn't that gear that yeah. is that gear isn't turning and you know you could probably see it in a guy like kenny like why after a massive injury 
you're just like don't do yeah. that don't do that. you know and it's like you say it when you're riding like don't look to where you want to go like yeah. don't look at where you don't want to go because yeah. that's where you'll kind of end up going and but i think that's the thing for me when you talk about hunter for this year the thing that makes me so happy for him like he might not be winning the championship and might not be that kind of year but if you look at where he come from that's like there I'm was saying. a there was a time like i've been on the fucking hunter train forever and like i just have to and for any aussie that's over there like i'm gonna you're my fucking guy yeah, yeah. but it's like if i, look I miss at, having that because we don't have yeah, like a, a it's soon at i reckon middle. soon soon but, you'll, uh, you'll get there but yeah it's just like i look at where he's come from and there was times when i was saying how good hunter was and how good hunter's gonna be and i remember it wasn't until like parlor 2019 maybe where he had that real good moto with ac right where like it even i felt as a someone that talks about the sport i felt oh fuck yeah he did it like he did what you know i've been saying that he could do so if you go from like back then to that guy before that race at parlor where he battled with ac everyone wrote him off Mm. like no one thought that he was gonna fulfill the potential that everyone said that he had so imagine being that guy that you know imagine what it was like for hunter going to the line before jet was in there and before they were hrc and before they were you know like you're seeing this like epic product right now yeah. of like the lawrence brothers yeah but it's not always been the case especially for hunter yeah you know like there was a time where like people just didn't think he was any good and people doubted geico signing him and it was like to so to go from that guy to then checking the fuck out over yeah. the entire field at high point with your brother what? like it's a crazy journey i i was here it was must have been august 2014 i think i raced toowoomba and then next weekend was Coolum. yeah and he was in that it was in under 19s in australia he was on the yammy yeah yeah riding for bish, bish and wardy yeah. and i was like whoa this this kid's good like and i met them at the end of the day and then i called some people in europe and i said there, there's a there's a there's a special rider here really yeah and then i watched him at Coolum the next week and i was like whoa called him again i said like you got to jump on this kid really yep. yeah he, yeah he was when he he rode that good at that time you got to hand it to his father and whoever was involved with their program at that time they really helped develop him here in australia to that standard and then he raced the next year for cowie in europe it was um emx they called that class so it was the level below like you know kind of like gp2 i don't know what do they call that in formula one you know they've yeah got moto it. two yeah oh f2 yeah something like that right so they've hit emx which is a step below mx2 and one of those rounds i think it was germany and uh Teutschental was the yeah, round yeah. mate he he just flogged them eh? <laughs> yeah yeah like he was good right from that early age and then he went to suzuki and probably bike wasn't amazing which probably you know snagged them like at the time when I was sort of giving that, you know, I was always sort of talking to them in the background of it. And I was like, mate, you got to get on KTM. Like that's, that's your ticket to, you know, and they didn't go that route. I don't know the, the whole background story of why they didn't do that route, but the, the Suzuki wasn't amazing at the time, you know, like, you know, with all due respect, it just wasn't amazing at the time. And then once they then got onto that Geico program and, you know, the, you know, the wheels got turning, but then he hit that snag with sort of a couple injuries back to back and, and that sort of snowboard. And then he had this, you know, uh, issues with his health. And, but then since he's got all that sort of iron out, man, and that whole program of like having Johnny O and his dad, their, their father is very 
the backbone of that program man and yeah. the way that he looks at it and views not only just the writing part but the entire um their life you know their, yeah. the morals and values that they have and that comes across and the way they are as as athletes um it's a it's a solid program man yeah man so something i've been thinking about recently is just like how because rivalries make the sport right yeah you know and it's like you've got the inter-brother rivalry but they're like a team you yeah. know like they're gonna battle between themselves and there's gonna be like a rivalry there but then it's basically like fuck the world <laughs> and like outside of them you know yeah and we're gonna have a crazy like you think about the momentum that the sport's gonna have when danger boy like he's gonna ride at iron man like so he's doing the last round if like all things go well he was at uh unadilla today collecting like his points that he's got to get to do the to do the pro race or whatever oh right but like you're gonna have hayden deegan come in as jet goes out yeah and there's gonna be like they'll do this one race together which is iron man yeah. And then they won't see each other again until Hayden steps up onto a 450. Yeah, that's like the uh, opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, there, right? yeah. Like Jet's yeah. finishing his 250 career and, yeah. and, uh, and Hayden's just start. flirting with the start of it, you know. And then it's just going to set up, there's this trajectory, like we're going to watch Jet come through the, go through the 450 class. Like maybe he wins straight away. Maybe it takes him a couple of years. And then at that same time, Hayden so like while Jet's working his way you know starting at the bottom of the 450s Jet uh Hayden starting at the bottom of the 250s and they're going to kind of come up and then it's just going to be that I mean this is all assuming that Hayden's going to do what you know I think he's going to do but I don't see anyone else that looks the way that he looks from that era you know and No but you don't you don't assess it on the way he looks mm. you can you can um equip is that the word equivocally I don't know you know, like when you say, like, you look at the, you can, what, what I'm saying is, right, you look at what they're doing as a program. Yeah, just the whole thing, yeah. And you can, you can, you can say that they are going, he is going to be successful based on X, Y, and Z. Yeah. The, the part you can't say X, Y, and Z is the injury factor. Yeah, right? yeah. That is the, you know, that, that's obviously throw that out the door, but the rest of what they're doing and the trajectory that he's been on, he, he will be successful. I'll go so far to say, publicly that if he doesn't rush because i didn't know he was racing iron man yeah so i thought i thought the whole and obviously star in a bit of a weird spot you know they've had like a pretty injury ravage year and i hope that that's they, what they that, uh, yeah i hope they don't make him go up don't force him up yeah I, I would i would i would not like to see him or i don't think it's in his best interest to race supercross next year yeah no i, I, I definitely don't but think they are this is this is my and i'll publicly say if he if he goes into supercross 2024 he can win straight off the bat yeah right away yeah no I and can. that's based on the program that they're doing yeah like james stewart speck yeah. just go in there and win immediately Fuck, that would be so sick no he can yeah yeah there's no doubt about it just based on what you see the 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 um yeah, you know the the snowball that they've started to then they started that you know when he was riding that super mini on on a supercross track you see this did you see the stuff he was doing on a yeah. super mini like some guys on well i remember Fs you i remember under. you telling me that like there was a time where you were like can you believe what he's doing on a supercross yeah. track and you like he's just gonna do good like you yeah. can't be you can't be on a supercross track that young doing it the level that he's doing it at and not do well mm yeah like that's on a 
it's on a bike with a with a 14 inch rear tire and a 17 inch front like it's like or 16 inch <laughs> whatever it is like whoa yeah. you know and so that that then sets you up and then the program that i've gone to with star and then that will then continue to evolve and i just after hearing you say that he's racing i man i that's cool but i don't i'd rather see jet race a 450 than 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 uh mm. than than um hayden rush into 250 racing because he just he needs that time and experience to be ready to go and it's not a a career is not a race mm. in that sense you know a race is when you're at the gate and you're you're ready to do it but if you're not completely well, what you say to me the other day the the race doesn't start until the gate drops yeah yeah absolutely yeah that's when your racing starts once the gate falls yeah yeah, yeah well i think uh well so i spoke to brian yesterday for a while um and about like the iron man and thing like that and hayden just wants to do it because he just wants to see where he's at yeah like he just wants to know it's how. quite cool that they can jump in and do it because Ryder did that right yeah he did he, he was did impressive too he did well yeah yeah he did a couple of little off on fitness definitely off on on like stamina but speed wise you know he showed like what he was capable of for sure yeah well i was i was watching some of your 2007 season last night yeah and uh shout out to stroop for cleaning out the entire field <laughs> in his debut at steel city <laughs> but like you look at it was stroop izzy and canard yeah and those boys were just ready to fuck yeah like just day one they were something to deal with and they were there for like all the motos and i actually did think that last night i was like mm we really just haven't seen that in a while i don't think to where guys were that ready and like at that point in time you and villo were fucking moving (laughs) like really moving and for those boys to jump in and even be like in the same tv shot like that's pretty gnarly (laughs) yeah yeah stroop was good so was canard is he i don't know i can't remember um whether he jumped in straight he, away he was or? like ninth and tenth so really? he, he wasn't as he wasn't in this like yeah. as good like stroop and i think Canard stroop would, podiumed at the final round well he got second in his first moto oh did he ever. really that's right yeah yeah after he took everyone out though yeah <laughs> that was good strategy hey i'm oh. gonna just rinse these dudes and get out front fuck your title boy i remember that still so vividly Avi and I would up until that point in my season I I had a bit of a meltdown at that point basically but I remember getting up and being like fuck and you then Avi was sitting there as well I was like yes but he went on to actually just I think he went back to like did he get back to third or fourth in the motor I yeah, can't remember like yeah and I didn't anyway but yeah like so I look at like Ryder D like he did well yeah. like I think he did quite good considering but not the level of like a Stroop or a, you know like one yeah. of those guys coming in and and I, even when Dino went pro and the Eli won his first moto like there was a crazy little generation mm. that could come straight out of the amateurs and just rip and tear we've kind of lost our way with that a little bit and Hayden will probably be the first guy like you said that just comes in and does it yeah I don't know man like the the whole scene and this you know this is a whole another topic but it's changed in that sense where you know like you've you've still got such experienced campaigners racing you know up until just recently Christian Craig Jeremy Mm. Martin Adam Censorello was there for a long time experienced campaigners so there's been a big depth right and we've seen a change in in that that the there i guess that's probably come from exposure of of social media and and content but 
you don't have to rush up to race in the premier class because you can, you can give so and, much yeah, you know yeah. value to yeah. to the industry by being uh, in the 250 class it hasn't been oh you need to be in the 450 class to class get to, any kind of exposure to have that value right so we've seen a big change in, in that perspective and i think it's probably been there's probably been more depth there at times so it's been really difficult to actually come in and stamp your name like up in lights but you got to be pretty special to do that as well like yeah. you have to be you remember eli came to hangtown yeah. and won yeah. like straight up just won his first ever pro race i was, <laughs> I was there that day were really? you there no nah, i wasn't at that one yeah like i was like whoa like this is next level you know to do that so yeah uh the what was i gonna say about the oh i'm glad you mentioned before this is like one of my like pet fucking peeves or like this is my pet project is like everyone's got to stop saying that hayden's been given everything yeah like that's yeah. it's not fair like that if but you, that goes you put back. yourself out there and obviously like you, you there's going to be a level of it that's unavoidable when you're in his position but if you're the if you're a person that thinks that like you're robbing yourself of yeah. of something but special just just like sort of like drill down into like given everything right you still have to put your running shoes on and go running you still have to do your drills on the motorcycle make sure that you're not using your overusing your clutch or using your rear brake too much as much as you're given when you race a motorcycle there is so much that you as a human being you have to do to be able to be the best or one of the best in the world so given everything is goes out the door at that point yeah it's not right it's not like racing a a car or and and that and that same perspective you as an athlete have so much that you have to control and yes having a great bike is important but i've been in a scenario where i've been really really good my my car and dry bike my honda here was amazing it was it was there was no not a factory part on that bike and i could have ridden that as fast as anyone in the world Mm. so the point being is you don't have to have everything to be able to be successful on a dirt bike there's so many factors at play when you when you ride a dirt bike that you can control and and like like I just talked about with the running tube scenario, you know, you have to have the, um, the, the, the drive to get out of bed and, and be the best. And everyone has the opportunity to do it just because his father is a millionaire or he has the opportunity to, you know, because of the relationships with Mont. none of that matters. None of it, it matters. Yes, it helps, but you can do it without being in that position. Yeah. So yeah. those people that think that that's why that is not the why. And, and the thing is, is like, Hayden will be fine. He don't give a fuck. He don't even know who you are. Like, if you're one of those people that's saying that, right? All you're doing, if you're a person that genuinely thinks that the only reason that he's where he is is because of who he is, you're robbing yourself of an experience of, like, watching an amazing Turn talent. this on its head, that very comment right there. Turn it on its head and actually soak it up and watch something that is going to be... It's going to be really special yeah. to actually be see and watch and the fact that in this day and age like i'm i'm uh not a whole into the whole youtube thing but you can see every move that he makes and like enjoy it like you know like watch it and yeah and be go along for the ride because they they want you like the whole deegan thing not not so much the star thing but the deegan program part of it they take they're taking you along for the ride and they're yeah. getting benefit and so they should because they're investing in what 
what they're doing but it's really cool to actually for the younger generation to actually see that and and, and experience that you know be a part of it yeah and and i don't think that I don't think that their YouTube channel even does a good job of like really showing the grind that that kid's on. Like I reckon they just show like the sexy stuff because like I've seen. Well, that's the that's the clickbait, right? That's yeah. you want to see the good stuff. I don't want to see him like like going for a run or being in the gym like that. Yeah, doesn't. and I think that's probably like maybe part of the problem is like you're just seeing him riding and you see. It. But like I've seen, you cannot ride and race to that level without the program being like doing ticking every box it just doesn't happen yeah and bro like i've seen <laughs> i've seen screenshots that brian sent me from genie and like text messages that genie has wrote about to brian about hayden yeah and who did she work with yeah, yeah the, the fucking greatest writer of all time mm. and when she is sending messages to brian being like holy fuck mm then like you're onto something like special and that's what i'm saying like if you're a hater you're just costing yourself something bro yeah. like it, you're not gonna affect this you know this kid's career like but i mean i guess to a sense you can because look what happened with james you know like you start getting haters and then he's just like fuck it like i got heaps of cash like i'm just <laughs> over it you know like i don't why would i subject myself to to this bullshit essentially but it's that's kind of my my mission is just like flip the script man like yeah, just enjoy exactly. what like just a, be real about what you're seeing because if you genuinely think that he's only got this because of his dad then like you're not living in the real world no. and that means you're watching a fucking movie that no one else is watching bro like you're just on your own well you can watch the real movie right there right yeah. You can watch the real movie and see you know, what what he's doing and how he's going about it to achieve that end result, yeah. and that's that's yeah, it's going to be cool to watch. Yeah, yeah. and really then cool to watch. the uh, the whole cheetah bike thing too. Probably should t- talk about that because I feel like I, under- <laughs> I feel like I understand that a little bit more. Who's it? What? Okay, <laughs> can I just? But say? no, but look, like before you even like say anything, you, you can't cheat, <laughs> like. Well, I don't get that. Like he wasn't riding in the um, what what do they call it? It used to be called stock class, I think. They yeah, call it yeah. limited now. Limited. Yeah, yeah, like he's not in the limited class. Yeah. Like uh, as far as I know, I don't know the rules. I'm I'm not big on the rule things. So like I don't, I'm I'm not huge on <laughs> following rules. But uh, there's no rule that says you you can't like have a modified bike. Modified, in the modified bike. Class. So I don't. I think that was a bit. I think that was a bit clickbaity. That part. I, I assume. I don't know, but the the thing that really surprised me that why why would someone subject themselves to actually going down that route like what were they trying to achieve with that there because he's not cheating so yeah. but i guess there's a rule there like it's actually- well so there's like a there's a claim rule so how it works is it's supposed to it's almost like a salary cap i guess like that's probably why they so it's like a machinery salary cap. So like some rich dad, like fucking that Brian Deegan dude can't go and spend a million dollars on a 250F. So like basically if a stock Yamaha 250F costs $9,000, then you can claim that bike if you pay double the retail value. But nowadays, like if you put a set of suspension and a pipe on a bike, you've just doubled, like that's pretty much your fucking money there, right? And so like Rider D, his bike was for sale after Loretta's for forty two thousand dollars. Wow. Forty two thousand US dollars. Fucking claim that dude's bike. Wow. 
So the rule is kind of like the rules there and I get where it's going. But the only thing that you're kind of doing, in my opinion, the amateur thing's kind of weird. Like there's probably a point where we should all come to an agreement that not, a, you know, probably shouldn't be spending millions of dollars on, on these kids racing. But there is a program in place and there is like stars got riders, pro circuits got riders. They want these guys to be you know, on the same bikes that they're going to race the next weekend at the national, you know what I mean? Like mm. it makes sense. But so Brian told me that the, Hayden wasn't on the pro bike. So he rode the pro star bike before Loretta's and said it was too fast and he didn't want to ride. He just wanted to ride the other bike that he'd been riding. So like he wasn't even on a full star bike, right? So I think why the cheater thing came in or why people have said he was cheating is so this kid tries to claim the bike and then star is basically like not a fucking chance like that's not we've got all of our tech in there and it wasn't everything like it's not a full factory motor but why would star and then this kind of goes to like a bigger point that if if you let something like this play out then star goes ah fuck it like the amateur scene's a joke like we're just not going to send bikes there we're not going to help out like if if we're at a risk of having our engine tech or our electronics or our you know our mapping and our cams and our measuring our port measurements like ip yeah that's like stars ip right so if you can pay essentially nine thousand dollars for stars ip they're the best fucking team in the world right now yeah i think i think there's a bigger sort of point at play here like the rule that there's a issue here with the rules in my yeah. opinion like yeah. i don't i'm not either way on it like i if if star and and, and it used to be geico because it would be that a special name for that program and pc they yeah, got the yeah. team green thing yeah. and, and kdm orange brigade if they want to funnel like hundreds of thousands of dollars into that program it's probably millions of dollars to be honest you know to actually get these riders and 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 um, prepare them to become pros then that's their choice to do that like i i don't and that comment that um that uh hayden rode that their pro bike that doesn't surprise me you cannot just and this goes more to the, the point of what we were just talking about prior to this you can't just jump on that bike and yeah it, money in that sense or, or horsepower just doesn't automatically make you go faster yeah and that goes way back to what we, how we even started this podcast. It doesn't just go like, right, let's just throw everything we can at this, and then all of a sudden, oh, you're just faster. It doesn't work like that on a dirt bike. It's that just doesn't doesn't like if people think that that happens, it doesn't. I can flat out tell you it doesn't happen. Yeah. And I, I'm a I'm as black and white as it comes, right? And and that like goes to back. I mean, we're dancing all over the place. Goes back to my comment about that Honda I raced in Australia. Yeah, didn't have a factory. I remember you part saying that's the best bike you best ever rode. Four fifty I ever rode. Didn't have a factory part on it, right? But and it wasn't even a good four fifty like that year model. Nah, twelve was. So you, 12. Oh, so you did awesome. like that one, yeah? yeah okay. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, Asked, okay. You know, Chad's spoken about that openly yeah, as well. Yeah, all right yeah. then. Anyway, going back to the point, right? There's a problem there with they they the industry and the AMA need to resolve that because that is the fundamentally the issue right there. Yeah, in my opinion. And, and so the to to get back to the cheating thing, I just wanted to let people know, like, so this is the <laughs> it's not cheating. Yeah, but that's like the point. But so they're saying that. So basically, the argument is they go well. They they just going one plus one must equal cheating, right? Because they're like, oh, so this kid tries to claim the bike. 
star freaks out and then they took the motor out of that bike and then they put another motor in so this is what happened they get a bike out of evan ferry the team that evan ferry rides for so it was just like that gytr performance kit that i think anyone can buy right there's like is a gytr yamaha that they do so they take that motor out and then put it in deegan in hayden's bike the reason they did that is because this kid dropped the claim by this point right and there's a whole fucking another story there but this kid drops the claim but there's nothing to scut to stop another dad being like oh fuck it well we'll do it so they drop the claim and then people are saying well they still swapped that motor so it must have been a cheetah motor no stars just said fuck this hayden's like i don't care i'll ride any bike like it doesn't worry me so then they pull that motor out and then he sets the fucking lap record at the track so it's like if he was cheating he would have gone faster am i right i want to finish this topic because it's just i I, just stupid the whole thing is stupid therein lies the problem is that in my in my opinion is is that rule and how they've got that set up that is where the problem is it it is not cheating right there's there is there is no rule that i know of outside of that rule that says you can't run x y and z right so they either need to have a rule that says you can't write run x y and z or you don't have that rule that you can buy someone's bike at that point because there's too much invested in the industry preparing these 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 um prodigies to become superstars that's what they are doing they're investing in in these riders be it rider d or chance hymas or hayden those you know because those three are there they're the next superstars that are being prepared that they're in the the programs are investing in the 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 the, um the brands are investing in them to to be ready to roll in the next couple of years we're a young man's sport you've got to be ready by the time you're in that window of 16 to 18 years old and you you then then set your you know you come in and you you set your tone for what you're going to achieve in your career but you do that in this period that we've been talking about with the Deegans or the, or the Lawrences in the years in advance of that to be ready to then stamp your authority on what you're going to do in your career. And yes, there's, you know, there's riders that don't do that and they, they you know, they're like a fine wine, they get better. Brayton. But, sorry? Brayton. Yeah, Brayton. But, yeah. but, but, the, that's the that's the exception not, not the, rule. the rule yeah yeah exactly and so that i guess is i just want to finish talking about that subject because i just it's just there's something wrong there and and it's not that star investing or, or pc or whoever is investing in these riders that you shouldn't be able to do that because it's not cheating so yeah. it, it, there's no there's no matter here that says someone is cheating because there is no cheating going on yeah that's the end of story. You good? Yeah, I'm good. good I'm bro. finished on that. Oh, you need a drink? You need anything? You sweet? CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, uh, look, it's uh, you guys should probably go. Yeah. And then let's uh, reconvene. Pick it up. Yeah, we'll... Uh, say, what else are we talking about? Fuck, we got so much shit to talk about. We didn't talk enough about motocross and nations. And, and well, what's that? Go say your shit, mate. Get I, it out there. I think. Well, no, no. I want to talk. We don't have enough time. All right, we, we'll get. We'll yeah, start. But with motocross what I want to talk. Next. What I want to say, and we can just talk about this, and 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 then finish on this. If you're ever going to go, if you're from Aussie or New Zealand or wherever you are in the world, because obviously people, you know, from all over the world listen to this podcast go to the motocross nations it is the have you ever been no i've been to 2010 in colorado that's the first time we yeah ever met. that was that was dog shit eh nah not because well, i won a moto felt- that day so it kind of <laughs> <laughs> uh nah i just didn't have the atmosphere it was the first time i've been in america and or had it ever been in america before that i don't know oh, i don't know but it was it just felt like a national it wasn't and the, the sort of motocross nations and the like a or something the, like that the, it's built go to like redbud's epic it's gonna be sick this yeah year. it will be sick this year but in in europe it's even better the atmosphere yeah. is electric if you're ever gonna go to a race and, and you want to go to an event and have an epic time motocross the nations is the one to go to in europe yeah. without a doubt there's no other event that i would suggest you go to so um well, should we end it on that point right end now? it on that and then so ben's got to go do some shit at qmp and then we're gonna do we're gonna come back later right on. peace Welcome back, Ben. We're back. How's your day, bro? <laughs> Busy, man. Well, I've done. This is my life. <laughs> I was thinking about that on the way here. I'm like, fuck, he's just a busy. Like, yeah, it's real just busy. Full on. Jags just getting dragged around. We went. Uh, we left here. We just. Yeah, we just drove out and just drove straight there. Um, got there and then I've just worked on his bike, <laughs> changed tires and just did an oil change and just yeah. I just got no oh, I was gonna say mucked around didn't really muck around had a quick look at the track with him and then decided to um change another tire <laughs> no just because it was real muddy so I put a paddle tire on for yeah him. no and, that'll make a difference I reckon oh yeah legitimately will like it's the the start is just a slot yeah so it rained quite a lot the whole way there and it rained while we were there for quite a bit and then the sun came out so yeah we'll see do you want to know what I did if I fuck all Ben <laughs> I got home I had some food I watched some YouTube did some stretching did some reading ate some more food and if people in. could smell me right now if you could smell through a podcast <laughs> it'd be like oh dude this guy reeks yeah, sweating I'm, away changing tires Ben's like sitting back a bit further <laughs> this time than he was hey eh? we got him against the wall No, nah, it was good Jay was fizzing man he was like um, you know remember when you're like goggles yeah. on on the way to the track that's what he was like he was like father like, like son like, he was already sweating and yeah. <laughs> um yeah and that was cool because it's cool to see that you know like it's a first time experience from you know racing yeah. racing overseas so um i guess i forget that you know because it's just it's just business as usual yeah it was for me like it was like right let's get this done i gotta get back we're gonna you know do this podcast and well, i enjoyed this morning man it, it was good, good. Eh? yeah 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 I, I was fizzing i was sort of running through it in my head some of the things that 
um like i was i was still pretty like wound up about the whole cheating thing like i was thinking oh, myself like i actually watched i was watching a bunch of shit on youtube like all people's takes and stuff on it yeah, while we were waiting for pizza i went on um, oh. facebook and this thing come up of vital mx and the guy the kids now come out and yeah i watched talked it about i it. watched oh, did you? it yeah. yeah the thing actually i'll add to it now that i've like got additional context of watching yeah. these videos so the kid says uh and i actually I actually went and like just checked the kid out on Instagram to see who he was. He follows the podcast. So like he'll probably listens to the podcast. Yep. So yep. first of all, this ain't personal. Like, you know what I mean? Not it's at a, all. Yeah. Like it's a real kid that's on the other end, a seventeen year old that's like dealing with all this shit. Yeah. So like any of these takes, any of it, it's just not personal. And it, you know, so that has to be kind of said because I feel like all this can get muddy when you just you're like given a perspective but it's like directed at a person but you sort of not directing any like ill will towards like the person itself it's just like an objective like zoomed out view of the situation if that makes sense yeah yeah absolutely that's what it is yeah. but like after i watched it so he's like he pretty much went to he said he went to his dad in march oh. and said this is my plan i want to do this at loretta's <laughs> right there it's just like yeah 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 exactly like yeah. <laughs> and no and i'm like i've fucking took everything when you said right there i was already thinking yeah. before you said that like right there like that's a massive yeah. issue here yeah. right so shouldn't that be the message like from the dad to the son like hey man like if you really want to ride a factory bike then like claiming yeah. hayden deacon's bike is like probably not the way to get it done and then a lot of the comments are saying like this is crazy from yamaha to do this and like this is like the the i guess the onus is like or the emphasis is put on like how this is like a gnarly deal from yamaha it's like not really i mean you In got what way sorry that like the, the kids getting bullied and like yamaha's breaking oh, the rules right. and like all this sort of yeah, stuff but- and it's like oh this is within the rules and it's like okay this goes to like freedom of speech like yeah you have freedom of speech it's like oh well, yeah like you're right you can say what you want to do you're within your rights to say whatever but there just might be shit that happens as a result of that consequences yeah yeah so i guess what i thought about is and it's still i, I still haven't changed my thoughts on it it's just that there is there's a breakdown in how the ruling is for that in my opinion that's what that's what the problem is like this is just blowing out way out of proportion the fact that i'm still even talking about this (laughs) blows me away but that we're in this um you know that that they're in this situation because of that rule like yeah you don't there isn't a rule to say that you can't 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 modify your body yeah exactly there's a rule to say you can't change the bore and the stroke yeah and then you have to run like a stock gearbox or or whatever but not in terms of like modifications to, yeah, to yeah. make the that 250 bore and and if you're using that gear you know the standard gearbox to actually make and and performance enhance it there's no rules around that right yeah no. and that's where i think that probably they need to have a look at it and go well it's probably i get that they want to have like a restriction of yeah. spin right like which a, that should be that's a smart move yeah it's not a it's not a not a bad move but then 
I guess then the manufacturers have to like if if it caused that much of a dilemma, they have to think, well, you know, maybe then we have gone too far at this level with the performance of the bikes. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, but, but you said one was worth what? Who? who oh me? well, I heard this is what I and it's from a, like a really good source that they were selling Rider D's bike after the race for like forty two grand or something. Right. Yeah. So, but the thing, like that rule, definitely does have to be in place. I think that's a good idea but it's just like anything you got to adjust for inflation like you literally can't even buy a set of cone valve suspend that's probably going to set you back like eight thousand bucks so if you've got the retail value of a bike is eight thousand dollars and then you want to go and put some good suspension like it's sort of the market i guess like the aftermarket industry doesn't really align with with that rule if that makes sense and then the thing that kind of there's a real gray area and it's funny because like in the past i've probably been more on the side of like i definitely don't think amateur kids should be making a boatload of cash and i definitely don't think that factories should be pumping millions of dollars into these kids but at some level it's like okay well this kid is now about to be pro and there's just a whole program that is like built around these guys and there's a certain level that you've got to be at when you go pro and it's like it makes sense to sort of give the factory some incentive to like develop these riders because that is the future of our, our sport, you know? Yeah. I don't believe it's um, the, the term they're built around the riders. It's built around their brand, right? Because mm. they're then they're investing in their brand for the future yeah, yeah. so that they can have hopefully some success as, as pros. That's really what they're investing in, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, you go back and, and you look at well, i mean cowie's done it now for since forever you yeah. know if you look at the program they've had in place and then geico had a, a pretty strong program for a long time and our stars there ktm i assume have had it now for quite a while as well so that yeah. there's an investment in their brand to then for those riders to want to be a part of that that program so that they look to taking them into those pro ranks right yeah and then i think and it's a young man's sport yeah you, you, that you, that's something that has to be taken into consideration yeah. you know like you're you go into pro racing and and you're expected if you're one of those you know prodigies to to perform within at least by the second year yeah. at least yeah yeah uh yeah so i just think that uh and and the other thing is like a, a factory a factory bike and i think that the whole thing seems to center around the fact that there was like a factory motor in there and like i trust brian when he says to me that like there was they just didn't use a factory motor like i do believe when when he says that and it's like even though it's not a factory motor there's like ignitions that they use and there's you know like the head probably looks the same like there's probably a lot of stuff that is the same it's not necessarily factory that no one could buy or it's like unobtainium but it's like a factory specification and like that has taken that like you said before that stars ip mm. and it's like if there's just a rule that you can exploit that would force these guys to hand over their ip then again there's just no incentive for them to then do this like if this becomes a precedent and every national that that you go to yeah so, well, that's what i said earlier yeah you know because at the end of the day the they they're investing in their program yep. for them to then prepare these riders you know for the future and then all of a sudden they're going to go whoa if this is going to carry on in the future like we're gonna yeah but something would have to change at that point yeah i don't know but anyway 
Well, I think it's just a crazy concept that you can just yeah. just, just. I didn't know that was. Oh, I don't. I don't think I was. Well, aware of so it. I was doing uh, some listening, and apparently this happened to Carmichael when Carmichael went back and raced Loretta's because huh? people were assuming that he was just going to rock up on a Makita Suzuki. <laughs> so then apparently, like, yeah. So this, it it so has, someone purchased his bike. Yeah, uh, I don't know what the result of it was, but I think that there was some stuff. It just sounds dumb as yeah, fuck. Like it does. That, the yeah. whole thing, you know. Yeah, just to me, it sounds like a rule that shouldn't be there. Yeah, but yeah, and it's a it's a bummer. I think at the end of the day, the people are painting the this kid that did the claim out to be like a bit of a victim, like he's got bullied and this. I feel like what happened is like, hello, welcome to business. Like this is the way the business world works. You know, you do something that someone doesn't want to do then on their side they do something to stop you doing what they like no laws got broken like welcome to the big the big leagues and I've, i honestly feel like the victim in it is hayden like here's a kid that's just doing his shit yeah and then he's riding the bike that he gets given on a big week that's in it's his just, life and it's unfortunately just, like he was you know like if you went on youtube that week i think i said this to yeah. you i mean he it was just he was the clickbait of the week so you know yeah. he's he's and everyone this will go up as a clip on youtube that'll have like a title and yeah you know and then we'll make money off these views and just the fucking that's the ecosystem that, that we that, live in that right he's now. in right yeah, now you yeah, know that's right but it's like i don't to, to just plead like the the victim status on like this end is like you did it to hayden deegan you did it like you know what's you know what's going down and you say you want to do it for your youtube it's like yeah fair enough right let's put that to bed anyway, let's go on to motocross the nations yeah team australia so you have sort of flirted around yep. that a little bit earlier but um i thought you would have been like pretty g'd up about it because 12 months ago you were like aussie oi 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 <laughs> was i say that the wrong way around <laughs> yeah no no you did it right uh yeah i i i was talking to a couple of guys out of the track today and and everyone obviously has a very you know they're pretty um what do you call that? Like, you know, they're like excited, yeah. anticipating it. Yeah, yeah. pretty it? buoyant, <laughs> buoyant, buoyant. Yeah, yeah. No, buoyant. I'm, hey, I'm there. You yeah, know. but I don't know if you are. Like, I thought you'd be like ramming it down my throat. Aussie. I don't know. I just feel like it's just like it's right there for everyone to see. Like, Team Australia probably is the yeah, favorite to win I, that. I, I, I just think that they've never i don't think australia has probably ever been in a position where the expectation is to win and that's a it's a big deal that's a that'll be a big deal that's a first yeah, yeah. if they do win that's a first has new zealand won it nah but nah. you've been on the podium eh? yeah a couple of times yeah yeah so like it's uh to go into the race with the with the goal in mind that you know we're 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 putting our horses in a position to actually take home that trophy that's that's a big deal for for australian motocross and it's probably the culmination of what's happened in recent years you know there's been yeah. a big push we, we've talked about just australian motorsport in general yeah you know like in motocross at the moment you've got three riders across what's how many spots in hrc at the moment six yeah two in the world motocross championship and four and yep, yep, so yep. there's three of the six seats are occupied by aussies and for hrc right now yeah true right then you talk like you know you got jack doing right yeah he's in is it gp2 uh he's in f2 at the moment F2, sorry. just won yep. another race yep. on the weekend then you got jack miller jack miller danny rick <laughs> arguably 
yeah maybe we'll we'll not be there next year but yeah i mean we're killing it yeah <laughs> like, toby he toby, chucky yeah chucky it is pretty it's been on a factory bike up until this year yeah no i mean i do i'm yeah. i'm there i'm there yeah. i'm the i'm the biggest supporter so of motocross it. nations though so i wanted to i want to talk a little bit in in detail about it and actually do you know who's riding what bike for australia yeah so mitch is will be the mx3 rider uh jet will be the mx1 rider and hunter will be the mx2 rider see that's where i i had heard that it was the case but i believe that they should have jet on the on, on the, the MX2. 250 yep. yeah yeah that's like i could see it going both ways like i can see both arguments for it so the argument would be that jet is going to be racing the 450 next yeah, year that's so where i much. disagree you, you can't but, yeah, go to that race ex- yes. talking about next year yeah yeah and that's where it would potentially you could say post event if they get second yeah that you could well, he say he should have gone to back to the lights bike yeah yeah but does that well, we've been like team new zealand we've been in position i was actually talking to a mate of mine uh recently about this when we finished fourth in 2005 i think yeah, 2005 we finished fourth and i was meant to be on the lights so it was bike. you coppins and cody cope that's a sick team like yeah, that's a, a motocross of nations winning team daryl hurley got injured the week before broke his collarbone yeah. and or i think it was collarbone or maybe acl i can't remember one of the two and and then so coops went to mx2 well so i went to mx3 sorry and coops then filled in for hills on mx2 yeah yeah and that probably cost us like one point cost us coops would have been better mx3 and i would have been better and what was the thinking uh, i don't believe there was any thinking at the time (laughs) if i'm honest yeah yeah i can't even recall the thinking to be fair no and so what makes you think then that hunter would be better suited to the 450 to be honest the thinking wouldn't have been that we're probably going to be on the podium yeah true yeah you know i don't know if we would have been even thinking about it no so it wasn't even at that level of thinking of like oh if you i I would assume yeah yeah so you were just too blase well i yeah yeah i can't can't recall yeah obviously yeah <laughs> you don't even remember so you obviously didn't even wear shoes on the plane <laughs> jack you didn't wear shoes at all today <laughs> i said to him i said to him don't you wear your shoes dude because if they get dirty <laughs> you got to go home with dirty shoes and we didn't have gumboots oh i didn't think we we're coming to the gold coast who thought you'd need gumboots yeah true it hasn't stopped raining I didn't, I didn't even bring a jacket <laughs> yeah we got to breakfast this morning it's pissing down rain it's freezing cold and jack is wearing shorts and t-shirt and shoes no uh, no, no shoes, shoes yeah. no he hasn't worn he shoes hasn't all, day. all day i've hidden the shoes so he can't wear them around in the mud <laughs> oh i love no, it no, i i um yeah i think really they i i think who's the team manager burner or yeah burner i'm pretty sure i really Myrtle. think that nah. <laughs> I really think that they need to consider Jet going MX2. Okay. Because that, that will be the deciding factor in points at the end of the day. That will be the deciding factor because the MX2 is not generally, unless you know, you have a really unfair start gate like Bud's Creek was, generally the MX2, but you know, 
Red Bud, that start, you're not going to get a, mm. a top five start on MX2 bike. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, Even when true. you give them the preferred gate selection, it's just not going to happen. It's, it's long, it's long, deep, deep. And then you've got another right-hander yep. straight after deep. it to where it's like slow down and then go again. Yep. And then you're going fast and then down the hill. Yeah, mm. yeah, fair. What? So I guess why do you think that Jet would do better than I Hunter? I think just a, right now, just... Uh, it's just like he's just, just gonna black and white yeah, get he's hot, slightly yeah. better yeah, yeah. than than hunter right now and and you your performance has to be completely maximized not taking anything away from hunter but the mx2 result is super important for mm. for the overall end of the day yeah yeah and i think uh i definitely think hunter would get on a 450 and, and do well well i think he would right now i don't think he would it would be any different hunter or jet on a 450 right now mm. does that make sense yeah 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 like jet's so early in his 450 development yeah that it like hunter would probably be the, do same. the same sort yeah of deal. exactly that's my view on it yeah yeah okay yeah. yeah yeah i mean i wonder if it's like fully fully locked away and i think that and that's probably one of the things though would you say that the motocross of nations is probably more individual than it should be at times 100 percent, and that's why i guess why i, I was so keen to think about uh, yeah. talk about it sorry today is that like as a team australia if they i mean that's a deciding factor in my opinion to whether like it's a real sure bet to to have a crack at winning or if it's uh yeah i've got a crack at winning that 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 decision is really important yeah because if i think about it now with what you've spoken about as to like all right well let's just put jet on the 250 but then you're losing that it's almost like brand branding you know like people just want to see like people are eager to see jet on a 450 so it's almost like the marketing move is to put jet on a 450 but but if then you're just straight strategy like your strategy, fuck it all this is let's just win team australia's first ever chamberlain trophy jet. this yeah. is not about jet yeah it's not that's it, totally about team australia mm. yeah all right you've made me think yeah you've made me think so if we talk america now that was what i was thinking i'm like well, what do you do well if it if it was me i would have really liked to have seen Ando drop down to 250 i hear that would be so good i hear my theory behind that i don't even need to <laughs> <laughs> that would be sick as fuck if you look through the lap charts this year, who has made the most passes, right? Fuck, Ben Townley just out here solving motocross's hardest he question. He has he has honestly found himself on the deck like pretty much every other moto and just, just marched his way through. He's all year auditioning. All he's done is just pull tear-offs, man, all summer. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he's been doing. That's so true. Yeah. That's so true. But apparently, I hear that he's not allowed to ride a PC bike or he's got to have the surgery or whatever, you know, like, I don't know, just yeah. back what? surgery. Oh, okay. Yeah. Apparently. I don't know. Who yeah. else? So who, they're going to go with Craig, I think. Are they? Yeah, I haven't seen what's happening latest. I know that... Um, if, if it was me, I'd be I'd be then if I can't have Anderson, I'd be looking at, at Cooper. He's he's sort of come to a bit of form lately. Yeah. And I know they're gonna decide it tomorrow. Yeah. Our time tomorrow. So by the time this comes out it's it's, it's already, already done. Yeah, yeah. But if if 
if it was me, it'd be Cooper. He's a really good starter. Yeah, for sure. And he's way lighter than Craig, I'd assume. Yeah, but I'm just Do you reckon on the fence about Craig, like the performance and being solid, you know, Men- like mentally. Yeah. 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 Like a big game day kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's one, it's one game day. Yeah. It's not a series. Yeah. You've got to wake up that morning and you've got to bring Put your it. pants on yeah. and go. Yeah. It's a, man, it's a cool event, eh? Hey? Does it feel, I've only been to oh, Colorado. Yeah, you said yeah. earlier, Colorado. But do you, does, do you feel does it, it feel different? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, shit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's really condensed. It goes, so you, you do your morning warm-up thing and then, or you've had qualifying the day before. It's a pretty cool vibe. It's it's quite a different format on the Saturday because you go uh, MX1, MX2, MX3, so three individual motos pretty mellow day actually kit for 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 riders the saturday because the even the practice is not a qualifying session it's just a just a practice it doesn't account for anything yeah you you draw a a peg out of a hat to to pick your gate for saturday it's super old school is that the move should we be like past that in today's day and age do you think we should be but we're not so just leave it there (laughs) uh and then that's some stupid fim thing like but anyway can i claim jets 450 (laughs) (laughs) that's way too long for that (laughs) (laughs) no i don't have a clue what you're on about yeah i'm pretty sure you can't (laughs) certainly not at double msrp (laughs) that probably wouldn't be worth fuck all would it (laughs) So, uh, so Saturday's mellow, then Sunday you do a warm up, and then just uh, it just really the atmosphere builds, especially in Europe, really early, man. Like they come, everyone's dressed and and you know in their nation's sort of colours, and there's a lot of noise. You know, there's air horns and smoke bombs, and yeah, it's it's pretty cool from that perspective. In France, <laughs> little Cody Cooper story. <laughs> <laughs> This is good. <laughs> like Cody Cooper's so good that you laugh at stories about him before you even no, hear this him. This is good. <laughs> yeah. So Saturday, this is when we went last, not the 2005 version, the 2015 version. Is this when we, you raced it at like 40? Yeah, when I was 40, when I raced it. <laughs> um, I so we went to be where him and I were sharing a motorhome, and then I I. I can just sleep anywhere, any moment. Like doesn't, I don't care. It was so loud, and Cody couldn't sleep. And he said he went up to the party, <laughs> up in the hills, <laughs> and just cruised around and in the party during the night until he felt like, yeah, I can go back and I'm gonna fall asleep. <laughs> oh, he is a wild dude. He's mate. awesome, mate. Eh? Just cruised around and then come back to bed. He reckons. But um, yeah, and then so the atmosphere builds and. Then once the first moto is always MX1, MX2, then MX1, MX3, is it? Oh, I, can't, I can't remember. And um, But it just goes real quick, super quick. For the guys that have to do the back-to-back motos, you've got like, I think it's 35 minutes turnaround and you're back to the to the waiting zone. So who has to do the back-to-backs, the MX2 guys? Yeah, so sorry, it goes MX1, MX2. MX2, MX3. Three, and then MX1, MX3, yeah. Yeah, yeah, final race. Four, so, four yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking about the the jet thing. I mean, yeah, it's probably the thing that's cool too. Like, say, if because I, I guess I'm always thinking about the sport more in like the storylines. Yeah, just because that's 
what I'm doing with this in a sense. Yeah. So it's like... The- I can't believe you're not jumping on the Australian storyline though. I'm all about it. Yeah, but that's the storyline here. That but is it. How am I not on board with that? Because I think you, I think you're still. That's the problem. You brought it up. People think about this event too individually. Still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The individual yeah, storyline. Yeah, yeah, but it's but but that's not unfortunately that's the way that this shit goes. You know, yeah. like it's an individual sport at the end of the day. Like, yeah. I mean, that's what makes this so like i guess special in one sense and a little bit like weird in the other and i even think that about you know team america sometimes it's like sometimes you get a team america is the most nationalistic nation that i've ever been in maybe america and france are probably like the two gnarliest nations yeah for sure like america clear like landslide winner yeah and sometimes it just seems like they don't really show up in that that way as a as a team you know and it's like i guess it's because you just got individuals that have grown up their entire life playing this individual sport like at no point for them you know for a guy like eli tomac like i'm sure eli I never played soccer this you know? year you're gonna see a change i really truly believe that yeah because i heard i heard sexton say recently in, a, in one of those um you know post-race interview you know in the, in the press conference things like he he was all about going last year and he couldn't go and he's like uh, up front this year i want to be there i'm i'm the guy to but that's like be a part of it like cool and i'm stoked but it's in redbud like and he's he's from michigan so it's like but that's a, again it's an individual storyline it's not like a team america I, I mean maybe i'm reading into that too much you know but it's just like yeah i just feel like eli's he, eli's I, i've spoken to him personally about it. he is in like boots and all yeah i'm stoked that that's but the and he hasn't really been like that ever yeah. about the motocross nations it's been sort of like i'm know, just gonna play devil's advocate not saying i believe this but it's like oh yeah it's easy it's america of course you want to go win it at home but you don't really nah, wanna, last, you don't really want to do it when it's uh you know when you're in the trenches but i don't I don't believe that matters right now. Let's just put that all behind you. Like, let's think about the storyline of this race in America. Yeah, in America. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it is sick to see that the American that the Americans are that like you know into it. But it it makes sense that they would be because it's in America. And I always but we always need like them to more... get back on board with it. Really, yeah. the sport needs it because mm-hmm. if if they do, I mean, they've been miles off. In, in recent years i think i don't even know if they got on the podium last time i don't know either. well last year they didn't go which you know i can understand COVID that. And, yep, yeah all that crap but then i think i don't think they got the podium at red Bud at all did they no i, well, I think red Bud was like a terrible performance. yeah it was a like disaster a, yeah it was yeah. a pretty bad yeah. bad deal for him yeah roger but, almost slit his wrist he was like <laughs> yeah it wasn't a good day he actually hung out with the belgium team <laughs> for most of the race uh, but you you are right i feel like motocross the nations is at its best when america is just like coming in there like a, a i've been there ball, you know i've been there i've been on that side of the fence where it's like there's just like 60 of them all walking around and their re- stars and stripes and yeah and that is like, cool they get every pass they can go wherever they want and you're like man can i just get one pass for my mum and dad you know they come. <laughs> yeah, and it is cool because it, it helps generate that that real the excitement atmosphere. and buzz for the event you know yeah, yeah. because they're seen from what i saw like you know that they're sort of more like rock stars to a lot of the european fans yeah. eyes yeah because they don't get to see them right they yeah. 
they they watch supercross and motocross just like we do through screens well, you could see how much hurlings is a fan yeah 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 and then when it comes to them being present at the event and there's you know it's not it's not like there's 30 or 40 there's only three riders of you know that series or that that nation that appear yeah there's a lot of excitement and buzz about it so it brings a lot to the event when they you know especially when they're competing to win for sure and redbud is crazy just on a normal yeah race you know like i mean it's fourth of july and it's a massive party in america but i mean the michigan fans definitely know how to how to turn it on yeah i hope they don't do what they did with the track last time like yeah, just, just yeah. do a normal prep like am i wrong in saying that or yeah, like, i don't even like they did even did something to the locos leap didn't they like i don't yeah, even think people were jumping it or it wasn't well it was pretty muddy I th- like it was super muddy but yeah but, yeah then no, they did they definitely ruined the track prep yeah they, yeah because it's like i think we all know well like, the, the what are the what are the name of those people richies is it yeah richies that, i mean yeah. they know what they're doing yeah like like it's year on year they do a great job of of the of the national i don't understand why why mhgp would want to come in and yeah 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 if it ain't broke don't fix it no, that's not, the best doesn't that's need the to be fixed round. yeah yeah for sure oh yeah no all right there is a fair bit to think about there there is more there to think about than i've thought about i guess i'll, I'll definitely give you that the the jet thing is the one that i i'm like oof, what do we do yeah the move is probably to put him on the, the mx2 bike yeah I, I definitely believe that you're you're going to it's a sure bit is the way i'd say it yeah and and the mx2 rider is the guy that i think to sorry to go back to the storyline i mean we've had like this one guy that just did it in america on a lights bike and just blew everyone's doors off and it was villo and it's like that will never ever be forgotten and then it's like we've almost got this guy i mean i don't know like could could a 250 even do that kind of performance these days or was yeah, that just absolutely. like so it you just, think it's got a it, i mean that, that was just a perfect storm uh buds creek yeah. 2007 because he was on the inside gate it was a re- super yeah, unfair yeah. uh start line he was pretty much riding out a legal cheating bike really <laughs> oh mate those pc bikes at that point were just incredible what so what year was that oh seven yeah, yeah, it end was. Of 07. yeah, yeah. and then um yeah so he and every all of the 250s from what i can remember got that preferred inside gate and so you know when he got the whole shot and the first 450 around the turn was you know not right there at the front then he was away it can be done again but i don't believe it can be done at red bud this year just because of the nature of the length of the start and how deep it is yeah yeah yeah. i wonder like should they try and maybe set it up to where a start's more plausible or is it just no it's just like a part of that's just yeah Yeah. that's that's right yeah that's a part of it you go to you'd go to different tracks all around the world and you know some are right you know red buds are right hand first turn you know some are left that some are uphill some are downhill starts yeah it just really depends on and that's what's so cool about motocross tracks in general, yeah. right? Is yeah. the, they're, they're so varied from soil to direction to how much elevation there is. You know, there's a lot of different, you know, um, pieces that come yeah, into play. Piece of the puzzle for sure. I yeah. was I was watching the 07 season last night, and I actually I actually thought that like how much because Anna said it was funny because Anna's like, oh, what year was this? Uh, 
she thought it was way more recent than it was because it's kind of a funny it's actually a quite a funny outside perspective because she's completely outside and she said oh what year is this i said oh seven she goes that's like a long time ago the sport looked exactly the same she said the tracks looked the same the gears looked the same the bikes looked the same and uh and i was like i mean these bikes are actually probably better <laughs> looking <laughs> yeah, at those those pc bikes yeah. but uh, how do they like how do you think they would compare to what we have now well they say the star bike is incredible it's yeah. like it's just an absolute rocket ship if if you go by what people say i mean i'll have i haven't talked to someone sort of really that that races them but a lot of people say they're they're like what the pc bikes were yeah in those days that i raced a pc bike and what what i mean by that is it was like legal cheating you know you <laughs> went to the start line knowing that you had a superior advantage over over your competition in terms of performance on your bike and, yeah. and so what what was that secret sauce because it's gone now well, at the time, from what I understand, gearbox was a big part of it. That's for, if you talk to Mitch about it. Uh, from what I can recollect, is the gearbox was a real big component of getting their horsepower at the time. And so, what would be the things that are at play in a gearbox that makes a gearbox? Well, he had a. I, I'm pretty sure it was the um, gearbox was done in UK. I'm pretty sure there was a there was a special special manufacturing at that time, and he that was something that he was ahead of the game of oh right and so now is everybody doing that i assume so yeah Yeah, okay but in there in the early days of the four strokes mitch was ahead of the curve he he hired a guy that was uh came from trd you know toy development he was in the in one of the offices there out in the race shop and then he was a big you know um driving force behind the four stroke to actually get the development going um that that was really where mitch put a lot of energy in at that point in time because remember they shared the shared the bike the brand between i shared the four stroke sorry between suzuki and Kawasaki yeah yeah the yeah, yeah. For the, from like oh three oh four yeah 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 i think that i i don't recall exactly uh and then and then they went their separate ways and that's when mitch like doubled uh, down yeah big time so oh six is when he really like hit click gears with it so i could be way off on this but I remember hearing like a few years ago that did that. Did you know if that guy passed away or something? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he has. Okay, yeah. so yeah. that so that was what I heard. Yeah. People attribute that to is that basically this guy passed away that was working and he was like one of the main guys that was like right in that R and D kind of kind of area. Certainly in the early days of the four show, yeah, 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 yeah big right. big part of it and. And when uh, when I first, because I'd come from Europe riding a KTM, and went and then jumped on a, you know, I hadn't been on a Japanese bike in like five years, and I couldn't believe that the difference in what they were doing in the US compared to what I'd been racing in in, in Europe on. I mean, it's a different, I don't know, it was a different apples and oranges. Yeah, exactly. Because I was riding Supercross and um, in a different, you know. They have they're in a different mind space really with the way that they set their bikes up and and how they perform. But yeah, it was a real uh, game changer for me. I preferred the, the American setup and have ever since. So what what is the difference? Uh because of their supercross, they they ride their it's just bike generally stiffer, like in yep. the stiffer direction. Yeah, definitely stiffer direction. And even the balance of the bike is is set up. You know, you've got deeper soil when you're in 
and motocross or you're dealing obviously a lot more with whoops and and supercross so the actually the balance of the bike is certainly skewed to being lower in the rear of the bike in america yep 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 Mm, definitely is you know because you don't, you're not fighting a lot of the time for traction. Yeah. In the US. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you seen some of the GV tracks? Like, yeah, there's not uh, a lot going uh, on. Yeah, and so you're you're really, you know, searching for traction and making that bike tractable um, in in Europe. So it's a it's and a, and you've got you to be hit the nail softer. on the head. It's apples and oranges. You can't compare the motorcycles in that respect. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I always wondered why you had such a crazy era of dominance with uh the pc and then it sort of went away and i feel like it's got to there's got to be more than one factor and i think that we probably right now if you want to talk about a factor right now like just like just take my yamaha cap off like it the the production 250 is better where it starts yeah that was the same yeah in that era that i raced on that pc bike It, it truly was yeah um, so that, that that's the starting platform that they work with and then that just allows them to then like get runs on the board way quicker with their performance from that point yeah and and i think that you couple that with a motor guy or a guy that passes away that's in the team and then you couple that with companies coming in and spending like bulk cash on amateurs and then mitch kind of yeah. like not really wanting to do that and then you see ac's probably like um maybe faulkner like the last like big money kind of guys that you know and mitch has just taken like a moral stand on it and just said like i ain't getting in a bidding war over 14 year olds and you're just like yeah i respect that probably hurts the race team in a in a sense because yeah. you know you're not like you think about hayden there's like a monster guy and two monster teams yeah. that he could potentially go at and that's like a bidding war that that could ensue and you know he's just i'm out i'm i ain't playing that game so it's just interesting you, you see like a, a I bunch always of different call, factors call them snowball decisions right mm. it's like one snowball is losing momentum and the other snowballs gaining, gaining momentum yeah. and and certainly on that star direction right now with what you're talking about you know you when i always talk about there's a um about the like decision as athletes or you know those young pro riders when they make that decision to go right now star is like pc was in the in that yeah, era when yeah, i was there yeah. you go there as a rider as a young rider expecting and thinking that the guy before me won the guy after me is going to win i need to bloody make sure that i win when i get on the yeah, cycle yeah. you you have that belief in that bike and i think it's the same thing with daca here Craig Dick's a perfect example. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that happened to Aaron Tanti this year. 100%. Luke Clark got injured and and Craig Dick's gone, hey, mate, you this is your opportunity yeah. now. Yeah. And and he knows that. Yeah. You know, he knows that there's like a list of championships that have been before him and there will be after him. And he wants to be a part of adding championships to that team. And it's just an aura yeah. that comes with being in an environment like that. Yeah. And it's almost like a, and you see those, those streaks and trends continue for a while and then then there'll be one decision yeah and that's a catalyst man and it'll just then there'll be another decision and it just then then you start start to see that flame sort of and and it's so hard to predict those things like it's only in retrospect that we can look back at it but it's in to me it's really clear the decisions that got made in retrospect it's clear but in the moment yeah you know it's so hard to then stand back and zoom out and like have yeah. that 30,000 foot view, you know? Absolutely. 
which yeah. is that's like the hardest thing to do yeah because when when you think when he hired Drino, that's like a that's a major um you know the snowball really got rolling yeah, at that time yeah. but did you think that it was going to start the snowball rolling that big i don't know like that's yeah. a big call to say yeah i predicted that yeah yeah i mean and, and there's it's funny there's like a in it's like a different world but in trading basically like the stock market you've got the s&p 500 which is just like that's just the market it's the 500 you know best kind of companies yeah and then you've got traders which essentially so like you and me can take 100 grand put in the s&p 500 and it's going to get x percent like pretty reliably but then you'd go outside to these outside you know traders or brokers and then you give them that 100 grand and you'd hope that that would perform better than the market after you've paid all the commissions and stuff like that and it's like even so many of their decisions like yeah they might be right but them being right is still based on just so much luck and so much yeah. unpredictability as well so it's like even hiring a guy like that you're still rolling the dice like even the most educated decision is still a met with just so much chance you know so it's a, it's like you most people are so much more lucky than they are right you know <laughs> Hey, yeah, I, I'm not going to argue that. Nah, never, yeah, there's no argument to that at all, for sure. But the the stock motorcycle is the that's the starting it's, point. And catalyst. I remember the first time I rode one of those bikes was at your place, and I was just like, <laughs> "What the fuck are they doing yeah. with this thing? Like, it's just a remarkable yeah. motorcycle." And, and with that, hey, it, how much of that's luck? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Because you can make a great bike, and you can make a shit mm -hmm. bike in the in equal measure. And then with that, right, that snowball is at Yamaha right now, you're seeing sort of a culmination of success and then that then has like come down from upper management, like, right, we're just going to keep this going because we're, it's reflecting in motorcycle sales yeah, and yeah. our business. And then, and then you start to build a culture. The biggest example in our sport, I think, of like building a brand is KTM. Mm, yeah, like, absolutely. Dude, they yeah. just come in and yeah. so they come in and like they, here's here's a here's sorry to cut you off no, no, here no. there there that there's a, and i think you spoke about it with sleeter recently there's a decline coming there because of their emphasis on moto gp yeah yeah you can and you, you we're seeing it yeah you can see the trends and yeah and ktm did it they they couldn't they could not pry sales away from yamaha and honda yeah so at that the top end level at selling 250s and 450s so what they did is they just fucking strapped up their boots and they said right we're going to build 65s 85s yeah. 50s yeah. and it's going to that gives us this long tail effect of basically owning all the best riders because we built the best mini bike like we have to kind of this is a long play like we're throwing the ball down the field but like this will will pay off and then yamaha has just copied that model mm. now mm. they reintroduced like that's brand new 65 and there's like a much larger emphasis like the the 65 cup the jaggers race and that was ktm's thing like yeah. that was leesky that that yeah. did that you know like the playbook's kind of there if you want to yep. if you want to build a brand you have to start at the ground floor convert these guys like jaggers just gonna bleed blue you know like yeah, it's what, and that yeah. was what i i was on hondas as a kid and, yeah and you know like that's what you just stay in like i'm still like kind of a honda guy you know right yeah you you look at ktm this this year right they're probably not going to win a world crazy to think that. yeah 
an MX1 or MX4, certainly not an MX1. MX2, they've still got an outside shot at it. They're not going to win anything in the US this year no. at all, right? They're, they're not winning here in Australia. Uh, no, I mean, Tanti's leading in Australia. MX2 is sewing up with a Honda. Yeah. Like, it's not, they're not going to win any. I think they might be winning MX2 in Canada that I know of. Where's Canada? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that's that's major to say that they're not going to win, yeah. like, in a major championship in, yeah. in around the world. And it's like we just said about PC. You mm-hmm. know, you just, you got these errors of, and dominance is so hard to sustain. Mm. Like, you just, what goes up must go down, you know, and it's not like it goes down in a blaze of glory. But is it, but though, because, because dominance, right, that you get into that, that uh, position that they're in, with KTM, for example, I believe that they could have maintained that. Yeah. But their their eye is on a different ball at the moment. It's yeah. clear that MotoGP is tying up major resources, and that that that's where they want to be. So something's gonna something has to give. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can't. I just... think their dominance could have continued, and yeah, maybe not to the extent that it was, but certainly when you say they they're not gonna win major championships this year at all period <laughs> that's gnarly yeah that's a big statement you, when would you have to go back oh like mate oh long yeah no into the uh, the late 90s yeah because they're one two five with langston oh one oh one oh 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 Woo! 22 years of dominance gone yeah dude that's like uh and even i know there was a ton of pressure on toby and matthias and sunderland uh when i think it was brabeck won right on the honda in the dakar they hadn't lost a dakar in yeah like at some but i mean even like for me uh you think like if you've done something for so like you've won for so long you're almost like you want to lose in a sense just to kind of like get it out of the way in a in a weird way no you don't want to lose but there's a sort of no. pressure like how long do you just keep going and going that's what and going? drives you to, to continue to win to strive to keep winning yeah but I mean what's winning if you don't lose winning it's the best feeling there is <laughs> there is no better feeling yeah fair enough yeah I mean that's the that is number one that's yeah. it nothing so I want to ask you when is Yamaha making a 350 <laughs> why aren't you flying that up the flagpole <laughs> That ain't going Do you know up. how quick I would be on one of those bikes? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how? I would pay for that with real gypsy money, <laughs> real hard-earned gypsy cash. When's it going to happen? It ain't happening. Oh, it's, it's so disappointing. It ain't happening. It'll be electric before this 350, bud. That's so true. I mean, I'm probably not going to ride a bike with a, a motor <laughs> after like the end of this year anyway, so this is a stupid conversation to get into. Oh, let's get on, because like, I've gone, I'm really going to have to you gotta go, so. hustle here. So, so uh, let's get on to talking about the biggest, hottest topic right now. What's that? The the the, the Super League. What is it called? Super <laughs> Hey, I want to see if you <laughs> smash that microphone into your forehead. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> I'm over no, it already. I want to see if you've, um, if you've sort of. So you talked about it with Sleater, right? And you like you got real. Well, did did I get my point across? Because I think, <laughs> well, I'm just I don't know if I articulated my point, and I think that what came out in so I knew 
I knew about the three round hybrid suit. Like I've known about it for ages, but yeah. I don't, I hate, well, I just don't want to be the guy that is like chasing breaking stories. Yeah, like, no, it's I know. propaganda. Yeah. I don't want, I don't yeah. want to do, but so I knew that that was coming for a few months and that's why, that's when I started connecting all the dots of like, okay, well this is the play now to lock these guys into this Fugazi championship that is then going to occupy their time smack bam in the middle of SX Global. Like, it's just a play. Like, and I get it. It it is. And in the same way that we just said that, so this is like the Yamaha like claim thing. It's like, yeah, you can make the claim, but then we can also say that we'll pull this, this and this. And it's like, we're fine. We're within our rights to do that. And then that's how you just shut something down. so like that is the same thing that's going on here and that's what i was saying is like motocross is the one with its head on the chopping block yeah because feld is not going away all the stadiums are on lock i don't want ama supercross to go away i don't want ama motocross to go away all the the point that i was trying to make is that all of this shit that's going on behind the scenes is about protecting the interests of the american series and it's like Mm. now i guess i don't know if i made that point clear enough but like that's the point that i was trying to make is like there's just people all throughout the industry and it makes sense like they've got ultimate control like they've got it's like a conveyor belt of you know there's like a supply chain of like uh teams and riders and sponsors and tv deals and all you know like it's a pretty well-oiled system and it's like if i was them i wouldn't really want the boat being kind of rocked either and i think the point that i was trying to make in all of it is like i think we're all just looking at like the picture in the wrong way and thinking that somebody's gonna like ultimately lose out instead of all thinking like okay this is actually kind of a good thing in a sense because what we have is like a real lack of teams. Like we don't have a lack of talent. Mm. We've got so yes. many riders yeah. that are just like dedicate their entire life to the sport. And then they come and then they go and then they don't have a fucking job. Well, They've some been don't homeschooled. Even get a yeah. And, and there's so many guys that just don't even get there. And you look at a guy like, uh, like Alex, the Martin brothers, this is like the perfect thing for the Martin brothers. They should be motocross only that's a guy that's very suited to motocross and would he would continue like he's retired he would continue to be an asset to a team that needed a rider you know so i just think that everyone kind of got this wrong in a sense it was like an opportunity for everyone to be like oh this kind of like frees us up like this gives us more uh this gives everyone more to work with and everyone more room um but instead it's just like driven this massive wedge between between like the these sports that i didn't really think needed to be there yeah i think from my side was probably from like if i look at it was from a writer perspective am first. i off base saying any of that do you think like no. is that a bad opinion or no okay no i mean i would have said i would have challenged you on something that i i didn't agree with but from my perspective is the writer perspective right so am i right in saying that the figure was like 10 mil extra to the to the pot now is that well so i think it's a now everyone has to take this with a grain of salt because i don't know exactly but i don't think they even know exactly there's a couple of there's like a couple other yeah, things but that what my point is here right i think 10 mil is like the overall purse between motocross and supercross and super duper duper cross 
so and what's the purse combined. currently then if that's the oh I don't, i'm not not sure because the, there has to be a major increase for them to come out and say that like there's 10 mil purse right there yeah. has to be yeah yeah so, so I heard where was up. that money for the riders in the past? Because yeah, yeah. the riders are the ones, and this I, I've been now like banging on about this for years, right? The riders are the ones that that they make the show, mm. but we're just we're just being locked into the system of well, this is how it is. That's how it's going to be, and yeah. that's that's all you get. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the the promoter, there's no return on basically the 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 clowns for the yep. for the circus none yep. at all yeah and we need to see that's what i was really intrigued with with world supercross is that they actually this respect for the athletes and yeah and the uh the riders that are going to be putting on that show and that's that's needed to have happened now for a number of years it's clear to see that with um the one in marvel you know yeah. like the riders there they want to work with yeah with yeah yeah with WSX yeah, yeah. and that, that was another point I, that's clear yeah it's just like hey these guys run great events they would openly say that I know they would they have openly there said you that. go and yeah. and also well, I'm actually fuck you've got me going Ben you've really got me going on this topic when I I posted that thing that said like fuck ten mil wonder where that's been hiding all these years yeah I got messages from every writer yeah there you go. Yeah. I'm not going to say who. No, that's fine. You gonna, don't every fucking writer yeah. said the same thing to me. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, they're not pumped. Nah. And then this, so I listened to, uh, shout out to Josh Moseman. He did a MXA video like on YouTube that kind of like broke the whole thing down. And there was an interview with, I think it was, is it Lisa Coombs or like someone in the Coombs family or whatever? Um, she come out and there was like a bit of an interview thing that she did and basically was like oh you know we've been listening to the writers and like this is like we're, we're doing this for the writers we're adding three more fucking races yeah, that, to a you series just, that you took all the words, of the writers have said we fucking race too much took the words out of my wow out of my mouth that, that was what I was going to say like if it's for the writers they've taken they've they've extended the entire season there is no off season well yeah i mean there the wasn't off, already the but off now season it's is 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 just testing and and preparation again like there is no downtime whatsoever no nah. and so instantly as soon they've, as i they've heard extended that, it yeah. not actually yeah they might have reduced the number of races potentially but you've extended the season yeah, you've got to be on now yeah you've got to be on from january well, you're not on from January because well, you start in November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're going November no, to I November. Just, that's the part. That was the second piece of the puzzle. So the finances for the riders, but also then the actual, like the entire schedule for, not just the riders. The mechanics. The entire. The truck drivers. The the entire infrastructure of of yeah. what, what is the American scene. Yeah, I, I just think they they just missed everyone's missed the mark on this. And and for Feld to come out and say uh that they've been working on that this? they've been working on this on. for so long. No, that's you just, haven't. You know yeah. how I know this? Because you can't tell anyone what the prize money is. You can't tell anyone what the tracks are gonna be like. You can't tell anyone the fucking stadiums that you're racing. Like and there I know so much like behind the scenes stuff that people have said like all right, if you're going to do this, this is what you should do. You should go here when this event's on because this event will bring blah, 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 blah. This stadium is cool with it. This, 
they just fucking missed the mark. So it just, just was like this rushed thing to basically try and lock these dudes in before mm. and they got it in before the yeah. first sx global round as soon and it was as soon as roxon mm. signed the deal so and as soon as tomac did the deal how does the, how does that look then in the next 12 24 months for sx global all right so this, how does that how do you think in your perspective how does it look for them going forward now i'm i'm not sh- i think the show goes on regardless and i and it does I agree. Yeah, I I also think, and I said it before that I just don't know that they need the big names. But like, I know the countries that they're going to, and I just don't think that many people care in those countries. I think that they're going to be countries that love motorcycle, like a hugely cultural motorcycle uh, countries where motorcycles are the most used form of transport. Like this is like porn yep, for yep. world for countries that ride scooters you Absolutely. know so like i just don't know that you need ken roxon on the line and i don't know that you need eli tomac on the line right so i think that it's going to be successful regardless and i think that like have you been paying attention to any of the live golf stuff yeah 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 so from afar cameron smith it's he won the the yeah, he's locked in right so well i actually don't know i think that was he hasn't confirmed it yet but the fact if you're not confirming something or you're not denying something is that you're not going to let a scandal go on if it's you know whether yeah, it's right. it, yeah. yeah okay yeah so yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. official but he hasn't denied it because he probably can't because he probably is going to do it 100 million dollars so he wins the open and just says like all right i've got the title I'm in the record books. I've won what I wanted to win. He's probably going to wait until after the President's Cup because the, there was actually a court case recently that ruled that he couldn't... Uh, the players that were in live actually couldn't play in the PGA Tour. Like the, Really? Yeah, yeah they, they, they've gone to court over it. So it's kind of interesting to watch how the live golf thing's happening. But he gets the. it's reported that he's going to make $100 million wow. from that. And it's just like... I think that the the biggest thing and like this is the message that I've got out of all of this and I think for all the riders that listen to this that are racing you are worth 60 million dollars. Yeah, but the, they the riders are yeah, their, but their worth is more than what than, no no their worth is 60 million dollars. I I don't understand how you get to that. 50 million dollars is the investment into SX Global over the next 5 years and then 10 million dollars a year for this super duper duper cross so you so this is this is so before that what was the overall prize purse of supercross yeah that's that's why but it's not much like it's it's, would have been a hundred in the hundreds of thousands right so probably not even yeah it's probably not even a million dollars right so in 2021 as a supercross rider you were worth three quarters of fuck all to yeah. the industry yeah so like that your that value was the point i was making yeah and that's why yeah. i wanted to bring it up because i'm sitting here from a writer's perspective yeah and that value was worth nothing you've been getting lowballed yeah for years right and so yeah. that's that's kind of my big my big point to make now that all this shit's come out is like all right the market value of supercross riders at the elite level is now set well Call it $100 million because you've got $50 million mm. for five years and then you've got 10 mil a year. So if you do the five years, 10 mil a year at the Feld and MX Sports end and then the 50 over here, then you've got $100 million. So you've gone 
And this is why competition is a good thing. And this is why you should want competition in the marketplace. Our entire economies are all yeah, built they're, they're on free market that. economy, yeah, right? That's right. Yeah. And so you had a monopoly on Supercross mm. for years that the market value, like what the market determined the value of these riders at is like you said, three-fifths of fuck all. Mm. And now in one year with yeah. one company coming that- in, you are now valued at $100 million. So my advice is all of the riders that are in that big picture act like you're worth $100 fucking million dollars mm-hmm. because you are. Unequivocally now, that's what you're worth. So I think that if the riders act like that and the deals going forward, you know, like we're in a weird kind of transition. Yeah, it is, it is a now. strange sort yeah. of period. And, and that's why I asked, what do you think it looks like? I think that, yeah, I think the Essex Global guys are going to do a really good job this year. And then I think they just have to hustle like fuck next year to... Because I really do believe that that they talk about that it's going to expand into mainstream... Um, I think it will too. ...brands and, yeah. and, and outside industry being involved. But yeah. that, that's their... Well, that's the one of their main drivers, right? When oh, they talk about it. Yeah. And then so... Oh, sorry. You go. Yeah. But I think the the biggest thing there is i still believe there has to be for at least the the, the short-term future there has to be some brand involvement there and i don't but what, see by what do you mean by motorcycle brand? brand involvement all right so let me throw this at you then you're basha right doing pretty good you're a podium guy what's to say you don't just do a cameron smith and you go to sx global and you go like look i'll come here for three years I want $3 million to come here for three years. And then you go, oh, if I win the championship and it's like a whatever bonus, like take that off my three, you know, I'll earn that $3 million through, you know, the thing. But give me a guarantee. So Barsha, if Barsha, let's say like he has a, a bad season and then gas gas in America because they're just like so focused on winning, the, you know, these championships. I've got to get the next guy that can like win a championship. So then, you know, his, as soon as his neck's on the chopping block, you just go over there you know you've still got a guy that's like a massive name that is going to draw those like endemic fans can put on an amazing show for you and then you're just giving a guy like him a second you know what i mean like a Mm. little bit of wind at the end of his career ken roxon you've got jet lawrence coming up next year that's going to take your spot fuck i'm going to sx global and i'm not going to do the outdoor season i'm going to do and i'm not going to put my body through 17 races you know, he's, he's already struggling at times with, with his health. And it's like, you can't be doing... When you're a rider like Ken Roxon and you're going from November to November and then you have no off-season, you go from November... Like, no, they're all over it. Mm-hmm. Like, all those guys are over it. It ain't going to take much, man. Honestly, it ain't no. going to take much. I think the problem is, though, not the problem, but it is the fact that next year because you know a lot of them are bound by contracts already that that was going to be the year for them to yeah now but, but now they're locked into that super duper series i wonder how 2022. many 2022 but see i wonder i wonder what's going to happen with that right because if you signed a deal and your deal goes into 2023 and they've just added races to your deal on like all these different dates like i mean i wonder if there's some i wonder if there's some stuff like that's some there's some lawyering that can take place like Mm. i'm sure there's ways around this shit eh? 
Mm. And I'm sure that you're going to see some guys that that want. I don't know. I think you're going to. The the a lot for a lot of those riders are safe. Like they've got a that's a safe place for them to be. I mm. think uh, until that until that extra component came along, I think they were there was the ability to then say right I'm, I'm interested like how can we make this work yeah but now when that component's added in unless they can completely get away from uh, you know the fact that they need to race and that due to contract contractual obligations mm. they're pretty well locked into that because that's the, who they race for and that's what that team is is obligated to to race for mm. that for that that year that calendar year yeah yeah but I, I just wonder if guys are just going to structure their deals differently and if guys are i think be they would have if that hadn't but, but that now is just but and may, maybe there's now you could have to say like oh, i don't know if this contract fucking holds up now like you yeah added, true. you've added yeah. these races yeah. there's all this different stuff yeah. going on like yeah i don't know but yeah it's uh i think that the biggest takeaway is that the market value is now being set and I really just think that the riders need to act like their market value, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're right. For so long, the riders have not had no. their their say in it. And I mean, I I think too, a lot of it is going to go off the success of, of these events this year. And I think that if these events look and feel like the way that they've always felt... But we know, yeah, I was just going to yeah, say... Yeah, but we know. We know, yeah. we know. But who else knows? You know, for me to for me to be fielding the phone calls that no. I was fielding. Chad knows, Ando knows, RC knows, Cooper knows, Cooper knows, Villo knows. Yeah, like they're heavy hitters. Yeah. They know. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's. I'm gonna have to one more. Wait, yeah. What? What? Right, well, no, you go. You go. Well, by the time this comes out, we'll know the answer to this. But someone rode at the at Star this week. Yeah. Do you know who it is? Nah, because I text Papa. And <laughs> Did you get an answer? <laughs> he didn't. Know, he said he didn't know. Well, apparently someone rode there this. Apparently week. it's Roxon, if you believe the. So it's internet. I reckon there's three options. All right, what are you thinking? Dungey. Oh. Cooper. Oh. Cooper. Cooper Webb. Yeah. Okay. Or Roxon. I think I, I think Roxon's your least likely candidate. I believe the most likely candidate's Cooper. I believe that he's off contract at the end of next year. Eli's finished at the end of next Supercross season. Does Cooper want to do motocross? Well, that probably not. I believe, like now, you know, you see the fact that Eli's on a Supercross only deal. Yeah, and that there's a new bike that's just appeared. I believe that's the most likely. And it looks like a KTM. Yeah. What uh? So you've you've that's the last thing I wanted to talk about, right? You got all right. Just give me fifteen minutes here, mate. <laughs> um, so that new Yamaha's come out. Mm. Eli Tomac is an enigma of a of a person. Not many people in the sport know that much about him. Like very tight lived, no social media. Like does it probably as good as an athlete could do being an athlete? I think no manager, all that all that shit. You're a person that's spent so much like time with him and you actually talk to him regularly yeah uh you got any goss you got any tea? nothing there's nothing to give you man the guy is just like i love it eh? yeah no there's nothing so nothing well all right how about we talk about then 
the hurlings versus tomac oh that that would be epic so i'll just i'll take the lead on this one real quick i've spoke to both of them yeah so thanks to you well you know because actually you're the one that fucking wind it up yeah uh but yeah i haven't publicly said too much about it since the uh since the hurlings podcast but for the listeners of gypsy tales and for the wider motocross world i've spoken to both jeffrey hurlings i've spoken to eli tomac i have both of those guys saying that they want to do it after supercross 2023 yeah yeah i I know eli was uh, um his basically his biggest thing was hey look i need to just timing yeah the timing has to be right for me to be able to do something like this and i would assume that it goes also for hurlings it has to line up with with things (laughs) well less for hurlings would you believe (laughs) he literally said fuck i don't don't have my phone he literally said uh he goes yeah man we can fucking do it whenever (laughs) uh let's do it yeah, at, he goes let's do Hurlings it Hurlings doesn't really think like to bro i've there's some now like he's fucking gnarly <laughs> yeah so i he, know i'm not saying he he's said, not but like he said he's not thinking logically at the point when i oh, will do it whenever but. he doesn't care he said that he will literally ride cooper's practice bike <laughs> at alden's he goes i don't give a fuck i won't even touch a clicker i just want to do this where are you gonna do it well james stewart's house would be pretty sick yeah yeah it would be cool could you imagine how rad it would be to do it at the stewart compound because no one ever rides there yeah and it's sand and then there's like the clay there's the massive jumps jumps. like i feel like that place would just be insane to do it it's easy that's a pretty good option it's easy for star like stars people um contact you going like you're just like you're way too high right now, Gypsy. Like saying that all the, the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do I give a fuck about that? <laughs> no, about yeah. this particular point. <laughs> yeah, no. People think it's like insane. I yeah. I spoke to I said to Wygant too. He actually put it like a little bit in like race ahead. And I said to him, I was like I've spoke to both of them. Like they're both keen to do it. Yeah. And I I'm like fully down to like put up that money. So like I said, a hundred grand. I think we could probably get get more than that and then do a legitimate pay-per-view kind of deal yeah that's but I, the I said that, that's the that is the one yeah pay-per-view but you know what what's uh it's funny i said to to jeremy told him the idea i was like so hyped after we did the podcast and he was like man one-on-one racing's boring and I, it just like fully deflated me and i was like oh fuck maybe he's right but then i was like wait that's what we've had all season with sexton and eli Hundred percent. You just took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. Well, not all, all season, but pretty much. But but the the a, a big majority of the season, yeah. And we've just been on the edge of our seats for sure. It's been incredible. Yeah. It's yeah. Been, and like two contrasting styles. Even in, even in uh in the two fifties. Yeah. Yeah. It's just been like yeah. like that moto moto two of high point. Yeah. Jet and hunter. Yeah, mate. Like, all time, mate. Bro, yeah. that is that is absolutely unhinged yeah like you go aliens come to earth and then you say oh tell me what's going on here you go oh fuck have i got a story for you there's these two kids that live on the other side of the world and then they went to europe to race and then now they've come here and now on this day at high point in moto 2 both of them smashed the entire field they were so much better than the rest of the world on this day and they're like fuck that's pretty impressive it's, I mean, Melville Moto, was it Moto 1 or 2? Yeah, yep, same two. thing. Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's insane. So I actually do think that 
that would be a pretty awesome race. And the the thing is, is the match racing thing could get weird, like the one-on-ones, if it's just guys going for takeouts. But these these two boys genuinely want to race each other as hard as they possibly can. They're, at no point is Jeffrey going to try and take out Eli nah, nah, or no, Eli. Not, like those two boys are going to... That would be, to me, I think that's one of like... That's not their MO. No, no they don't dude, race like that. I'm down they to make just... it 40 minutes <laughs> and just watch like... Because could you imagine the first 20 minutes of that race, like maybe not trying to show lines, not giving up all the speed. Maybe one guy gets out front, tries to break away a little bit early and then if he can't, then it's like, you know, there's so much that could go on when those two dudes got into just one clean track, no other riders to worry about, just bang. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, the way that those two ride as well, you know, it's a very similar style of actual riding. They just like, they, what did you say? They want to make the ground hurt. When oh, they, yeah, they just <laughs> belt the ground. Yeah, like, belt <laughs> they the just ground. want to abuse the track. And, and it's a, so it's such a similar style of riding and it would be an, It'll be epic to see it go head to head to to see it happen. Yeah. So James, yeah, James's place I think is is probably on the shortlist. But I mean, there's a million places. No, there is a million places. And, but and it neither has to of them be, care. It has to be a a wicked like epic location as well. That's got to be part of the storyline, right? Yeah. And and I I said to both of the boys as well. I was like, because for me. I'm always talking about ways things should be done better and, you know, like I'm kind of on my high horse and this to me, I would go in on this event. I would do, I would empty my bank account to make sure that this was done in the way that I think a race should be promoted, if that makes sense. And the fact that you've got these two guys, like boxing showtime, you know, like the, the, uh, you know like the showtime countdowns and the like the the press conference and the you know the face-offs that you could do and it's like i just think there's so much juice to squeeze and then i think that if you squeeze it right then it can make an impact on kind of like the way that yeah the sport gets yeah, presented you know what i mean like we could set it yeah, yeah yeah and and really look for these storylines and look and i think you know that was a to get back to the um the super world thing again is it's like do we even need to keep these guys racing all year or is there like there's got to be some value in in an off season because if you look at um the nfl for example like i don't know if you've ever seen hard knocks or any of those like man the production around the race team uh sorry the the football teams and the riders uh, uh, the the players and like the way that they show the camps and the 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 whole lead up to the the series is it gives you something like it permeates you yeah, know it uh, builds absolutely. and it builds and i really think that there's value oh, in that like don't make them race all year yeah you yeah. know i think that it's almost like scarcity is you know it's just like a supply and demand issue now like we're just going to have an oversupply of the same races over yeah. and over and over and it's like even i think it's just like you're missing the mark to even expect that you just i guess that's what makes it feel like they're just treated like clowns in a sense it's just like we don't care just go out dance on the fucking stage on the day that we tell you to dance on the stage and mm-hmm. then we'll tell you when you got to do it again mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's got to change yeah oh, i thought we had 
the opportunity to see that change with with SX Global, but that's I'm sort of on the fence of how that's going to look mm. now. It's it's got a different, got a different like tone to it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just to go back to the Tomac curling thing, how does it go down? How's it play out? Hurlings. Oh, yeah. He he. Would You're gonna just, do your boy like that. You're gonna do your boy he, like but that. But he would just he would just leave it all on the table. To, Did die trying? Yeah, die trying. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I, I know Eli wouldn't. He, there would be a point where he'd be like, ah, like there's, you know, I've got a lot of hunting to do in, 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 in the <laughs> yeah, second yeah. part of my life. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. But let's, all right. So take out that factor. Best guy, best guy, who wins? Best guy, sorry. So, like, best version of Hurlings, best version of Eli. Take out the risk that they would or wouldn't take out any of the real world shit. Like honestly, not not sitting on the fence. Like they're just they're both animals, you know. And like what we're seeing from Eli at times this year is is as good as he's been. I mean, he was maybe arguably slightly better on that Honda um, for for whatever reason that was for a couple of rounds before he got injured in twenty fifteen. I think was yeah. it or that yeah. wasn't a great year bike either. Yeah, for Honda yeah he was just and he was just so good yeah just an animal yeah yeah there's just no yeah, I don't oh, I, I really like I really don't think that that's a very very hard question to, to go either way on because of the way um, that you know that the intensity and style of racing that they ride is very very similar in, mm. in that respect you know the way that they go about their riding they're just all when that gate drops they're just absolutely all in everything that i've got and they they leave it all out there yeah and i just think it, it's so cool to they're both kind of towards the end of their career jeff's got a bit more time mm. on his but they've never even spoken to each other yeah but you that's know, you've not got, unusual yeah in that, but, in that sense oh no definitely but i think what's so cool is you know you get these two guys that are on these different sides of the world and they're on these different career paths but they're the same guy yeah you know yeah eli That's is the I'm jeffrey yeah. yeah and yeah. and then you just slowly bring these guys together there's like this build up and then these guys who have this amazing amount of respect for each other and this genuine curiosity of like i just really want to like i really want to race this dude one-on-one and i don't know just that would feel like a really cool thing to happen just for those two guys even personally yeah just to you know a, a meeting of like you'd it's almost like you. I just, I just look at it for the sport. Like it's something that is would be. It's just a whole different direction that we've we, we haven't seen before uh, for the sport. I guess that's one of the big things that I was really looking forward to with SX Global. To be honest mm. with you, to see if we can actually reach that mainstream viewer or fan uh, with around the globe. I, I just I think we are. We're not in doing general. that with, yeah. with MXGP. That's just that's just not happening. I no. can tell you that. I don't know if that's happening. Well, that's not happening with AMA Motocross. Like, like they are core fans. Yeah. I don't can't really speak for Supercross AMA Supercross. Like I'm assuming that they do get the well the I casual mean, fan. Jeremy McGrath was peak Supercross. I, I'm yeah. sorry for yeah. anyone. Like I just I don't think that. So I was really interested to see what what SX the, yeah. Global could achieve. Yeah, in, in I don't think sense. the wind's totally out of that sail, eh? 
Yeah, I hope not. Yeah. Yeah, I really... I yeah, really no, I, I, I don't... I, I think that there's some guys that can, you know, like a guy like Barsha can, you know, just say, yeah, I'm out, I'm going over there. And, you know, I think that there's other guys that can do it. I think Cooper could do it as well. Mm-hmm. I think Ando could do it. Like, I think you're going to see some guys like really i mean 23 might be a kind of a flat year for him um because like you said with contracts and stuff well, like I that i truly believe the 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 finances is the biggest driving factor yeah if they can if they can back up the direction that they've started here with in the way that they've been able to put teams together and, and get some runs on the board for this year yeah the driving factor will be, you know, can they go that direction of of the golf? Was it live golf? Live golf, yeah. Can they put that in play for riders, uh, you know, for the future? Yeah, that will be. Well, the 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 two problems with the AMA currently is the riders aren't what that they they, they feel undervalued, mm. and then they feel overworked. Mm. And if you are a boss, if you're listening to this and you've got employees, and you've got workers that are underpaid and overworked that's a really fucking terrible recipe mm. <laughs> as a, as an employer you know and i think that's the way that these guys feel and i and i think that that's kind of what i was trying to get at with this cooper thing and and you know sleeter f- rightly so said well if it's in the contract it's in the contract and i yeah. said yeah yeah that's fine but in cooper's mind and this is me speaking for him i don't know this for sure but in Cooper's mind, I, I would say that Cooper would feel more like a business owner than an employee. Yeah. And I mean, maybe you can speak on that as a writer. Like when you were doing your thing, you felt like I am an agent in this. Like I am my own person that is making my own decisions, who I sign with. Who, you, your hand probably gets forced at a time when, you know, rides aren't available, but it's still you no, that's kind of making that decision, yeah, you know? If, if you've put yourself in a position and results obviously determine that that you can actually then you can run the plays yeah. really because you're in that position to do that I I, I I feel like that's how most riders that are in that would position feel yeah would, yeah. would think yeah 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 I, I, I just think that and that's the thing like I'd say Ken Roxon or Cooper Webb or Eli Tomac they wouldn't see themselves as like better than an, a mechanic or a truck driver in that sense as a person but in terms of like as a uh as a member within a business it's like okay well i'm not an employee of star in that same sense like i they contract my services yes you know and that's the angle that's the angle that they're looking at and then i think that where that whole conversation came around with cooper is that he's then being dictated exactly what he can do as though he is a guy that's driving a truck like no you can't drive the semi to your son's club day the semi will be going to unadilla that weekend you know so i think that that's that's the area that we're in and i think that that's the question that kind of got raised now that this whole sx global things come in and i think that's the point i guess i'm making is like all right your value has now been set yeah as as riders so yeah unreal right i gotta go mate yeah that was great thanks for uh thanks for doing that ben townley ladies and gentlemen i wish we could do this more mate but yeah no i enjoy it it's um it's i've never been obviously in here but it's uh uh, just doing the podcast in general i really enjoy just you know there's lots of topics and i feel like how we i think we probably how we started the conversation is i 
I'm I'm really removed from <laughs> from yeah. from the scene. You know? You're removed but connected. Yeah, removed but connected. So I have a different you know sort of view. Different. I look through a different lens to what yeah. most really just right in the industry probably are. You know, yeah. so probably have a different. People might think it's weird, but I, I try to look at it pretty black and white and well i think you just ultimately wants what i I think what is unique about your position and probably in a sense my position too because i'm not over in the pits and i'm not doing all of that stuff is like i just want the best for the sport and i think that you do as well yeah and when you're not when no deal like no one i'm not making a deal Mm. that could influence my opinion there's no i'm not you know what i mean like i'm not in the thick of it in that sense like i'm fully independent yeah so like yeah. and when i want the best for the sport and i'm fully independent i can say what the fuck i want and i genuinely believe i could i'm not saying i'm right i'm just saying that the things that i say comes from this belief that i want you know things to like move in a better direction and it's the same for you like you're not implicated no, in that, and I feel in that like way anymore. I have perspective at the you know at the age that you're rightly pointed out that I'm at. Yeah, being in your fifties, <laughs> so uh, you know it just gives me that perspective, I guess, and and then that perspective is then, like I said, being from you know from New Zealand, it's not in the scene whatsoever, and so I just yeah, I I I look at it and I analyze it and and take it, I guess a a you know that helicopter view that people talk about, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, methodmoto.com and uh, good luck to Jagger Townley tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Yeah, boy. Thanks, bud. Thank you, mate. Is that your phone or mine? Yeah, that's mine. That was good, eh? Awesome, bud. I love it. It's it's good. Good time. Well, I get it to take a bit. Yeah, I'll let you down. Jig, man, you're asleep now?